Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 78, the Cinema Swamp crew takes a blast to the past with the year 2000. That's right, this week we're talking about our top 10 favorite movies from the decade of the 2000s. There was a lot to choose from, but we took our time and we think we have some of what we consider the best to come from the first decade in the new millennium. In the past few episodes, we've done our favorite movies of each decade. And I believe we started with the 70s, and then we went to the 80s, 90s, um, eventually going to make it to the 2010s. So uh, today, actually, though, we're going to be going through our favorite movies of the decade we all grew up in. This is our decade, for sure. Uh, The 2000s. Um, Weirdly enough, they are beginning uh, the 20-year cycle uh, as of 2020. So 2001 was 20 years ago, which is kind of weird. Um, you know, I, cause like when we were kids, the eighties were 20 years ago and I would see something like, uh, back to the future and I'd be like, wow, that movie is like, you can tell it's 20 years old. It's good, but it it looks like an older movie. And now we're in the year 2021 and I watch like monsters Inc. And I was like, does this look like an old movie to kids? Like if we show this to kids, are they going to be like, that looks old. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. maybe not an animated think, movie, but like especially like something like uh, like The Grinch well, is twenty to- years old. We talked about Toy Story the other day, and weren't we? Or like how Toy Story looks like just like really weirdly animated. Nowadays. It does now, yeah. Especially on like an HD TV, it lo- it definitely yeah. looks like an older movie, um, like yeah, like an, a weirdly odd animated ones. The thing with Pixar is they like each movie they put out it's always better like right despite despite the story whatever but just the pure animation they always innovate on something and they're always building on it Mm -hmm. like even like i I think it was finding dory where they like made the water better or like they did that octopus that octopus was basically like impossible like two years before they made that movie Mm -hmm. i know the dinosaur i think they innovated on the water in that one too. Yeah. People went crazy over the water in the good dinosaur saying how it's like yeah, that's, full that's of thick water in a Pixar movie. But you know what's weird is like you can we we watch those movies when they came out, like Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, and you can watch them today and then you can compare them to the very sequels that came out about ten or fifteen years later. And it's weird how like much it's updated. And I never noticed that as much. Um like I, it's weird that you can tell now like when i was a kid and we'd play something for like playstation 2 and then like playstation 3 came out i could very noticeably tell that the playstation 2 didn't have as like great of graphics versus playstation 3 but with the movies it always seemed like monsters inc was like whoa like how can it get better than this like finding nemo's like whoa like they can do this this is nuts like even as a kid it was kind of like whoa because we technically never saw anything like that and then all these years later, you watch Finding Dory and you go back to Finding Nemo and you're like, eh, it's not as impressive anymore. Like, it's still amazing. But it's just weird that you only, like, I only notice it now. Right. But I don't think they're so different that, like, like, if you release Finding, Finding Nemo in 2014, 
and then you released Finding Dory when it came out. Like, there's that it would still make sense, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not so much of a difference. Like, it's definitely better in Finding Dory, but it's not that much of a difference to like. Hey, that was a 20-year-old movie. Okay, how about this, though? Mm -hmm. So when you were a kid and you watched Empire Strikes Back, which would have been like 20 years ago in the 2000s, and now today you watch like Pearl Harbor, which came out 20 years ago. Like, does it seem like that movie's that old? And I know Pearl Harbor doesn't have amazing effects, like not even at the time it didn't, but if you watch that movie like today, does it seem nearly as old as like watching Empire Strikes Back as a kid? You know, and I think that just harkens to like how we perceive time in general. So, like, like if a kid a were to watch Pearl Harbor today, would he be like, "Wow, that's an old movie"? Well, first I'd ask, "Why is this kid watching Pearl Harbor?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I bet it would feel pretty old for like a ten-year-old or whatever. I, I don't know where I'm really going with this. I just, I'm just, I'm just well, amazed well, mostly. That that's also a period piece, though. Like I'm, I'm talking about the effects. I guess. But, like, I feel like if we need a good comparison, we need, like... So, like, Back to the Future is 1985, and, like, School of Rock is 2003. No. So, like, does School of Rock feel like it's 20 years ago? No. Yeah. That's weird. Because kids would watch that today, and they probably would think it's older, because there's, like, not really a cell phone to be found yeah, in sight or there's the smart board and the... right <laughs> yeah. all the vehicles would look a little older i mean even the music taste which even then that the movie was doing older music but like especially now it would seem like really dated you think they'll ever do a school of rock remake where it's like not <laughs> not that <laughs> like they do music from like the 20 years prior but it's like pop songs yeah, it's and... probably gonna be like yeah it's probably gonna be like pop punk like Blink-182, because that's going to be, like, the classic rock. Right. <laughs> I would watch that. Honestly, though, so, like, Sid's been watching a lot of iCarly, you know? Hey, are we so have we! <laughs> yeah. The whole world has been, pretty much, and, like, it's... We're, we're, you know, we always go over the theme songs from Nickelodeon and, and, you know, Disney, like, how, like, Drake and Josh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, iCarly... Um, I mean, I probably, we just watched the episode with the uh, Plain White Tees. <laughs> yeah, us too. Um, and, like, everything is, like, still pop punk, even the theme songs for it all. And we're talking about, like, how, like, if I ever was able to start a band again, like, I would probably start out just doing covers, and that would be, like, a fun idea where it's just, like, a ton of covers of early, <laughs> like, 2000s Nickelodeon and Disney songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, I could see them doing, you know, School of Rock, only it's, like, maybe it's, like, Miranda Cosgrove now is, like, the the star of it. And, like, <laughs> yeah, like, she's, like, not washed up, per se, but she's, like, missing pop punk from when she was a kid, like, yeah. kind of how Jack Black was. And then, like, raises up this air of kids who are, like, listening to, you know, whatever people listen to nowadays, <laughs> Lana Del Rey. And she's, like, giving them more of like a original edge or something but i feel like i feel like they would need like an a or b list actor to be like maybe the zach kid from school of rock mm-hmm. like have the cosgrove in it too 
But I don't know if Miranda Cosgrove could be like the Jack Black. I think you need like a funny man. No, well, not man per se. But like, <laughs> but, like you need. You need Chloe like, gave you a look. <laughs> no, you need like an animated kind of like funny person, like Jack Black. Anna Ferris. Sure, Anna Ferris. Yeah. She could be. I don't know. One of the. One of the other. <laughs> One of the other girls or something. I, I don't know. I don't see Miranda Cosgrove like leading, like the class. Give her a shot. I like that well, we pitched a really School of Rock. Well, I mean, I don't know. She she probably needs something. Well, they're doing an iCarly spinoff or like a new show or something. So I was thinking about it because I think she's gonna be like an adult or something. She still. Looks I, like she's gonna be something <laughs> like an adult. <laughs> I just saw that there is a pilot. For um, Powerpuff Girls, that's like a modern day. Yes, it's it's a it's like a real, real people. It's like, but it's like them as like in their early twenties, and they're like trying to get over PTSD from being forced into crime fighting as kids. What? And this is episode seventy eight, guys. Seventy eight going strong. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing good. I don't have COVID anymore. I think I did last time we. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You peed it all out. Peed it all out. That's all the, the solution. Time. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll remember that. You should probably let the CDC know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, I have the, the solution. Uh, of course. <laughs> That's right. What they tell me to do. Last, last month was no pee January, so. All it took was squirting. Clorox and light into my body, and then I <laughs> <laughs> you somehow got it. You figured it out. Yeah, I just injected pure Sunny D into me, and <laughs> pure Sunny D. I'm not, good. Not, not that cut stuff that you get at the store. Just yeah. pure Sunny D. Yeah, <laughs> it's cut with Minute Maid. <laughs> got that Crystal D. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet life. <laughs> hey, anyway, like, I. By the way, I guess I'll cap that off by saying I, I have not been watching iCarly. I have been watching Victorious because that show is like superior, and I never. That show was after my time, but like Stella was like, "You got to watch it," and I actually started watching. It. I was like, "This is actually kind of funny." I have to admit, I'm actually enjoying it. I watched, I watched the whole thing. When it's I not on superior, it. but it is good. I don't like. I don't know. I, I don't like. I Carly. I don't know. Drake and Josh is top tier. Yeah, that's different. That's like Drake and Josh isn't even in this conversation. That's like the original. Anyway, we could talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> so so like all right so everybody we got to do um because we're gonna do this game again um and hunter made this game for the 90s uh episode which is really great and we actually can wrap up on this year's point system which there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of episodes but i finally added the points from the 90s episode so uh the tiers um or everyone the way they're ranked right now are uh chloe you got 22 points uh justin and zach are tied with 24 and Hunter, you have 28. You're in the lead. And uh, tonight will be the final. Um, th- this will be the final night of points for our 2020 slash beginning of 2021 season of suckiness due to uh, pandemic issues. Um, 
Yes, I think this little mini game is, you know, we try to guess the, uh, you know, just any three movies that will be in each other's top ten. Um, and the I think the point system we came up with is, like, if you guess a, a uh, movie that's in the um, top five of someone's list, then you get two points. But if it's in the lower five, you only get one point. So you have you could get like a max of six points or a minimum or a, well I guess zero, you mm. could get zero. But um, yeah, and I, I don't remember how well any of us did in the '90s episode, but I think it'll be fun to yeah. do it now. Does anyone want? I can start if no one else wants to. Yeah, go for it. All right, Zach. I think you're gonna have the Dark Knight, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man Two in your list. Chloe, I think you're gonna have Murder Party. Kill Bill 1 or 2, or just Kill Bill as one whole movie in your list. Um, and then I think you're also going to have uh, American Psycho in yours. Justin, I think you're going to have Inglorious Bastards, Hot Rod, and Hot Fuzz in your list. Um, I believe, Hunter, that your list is going to have uh, Return of the King, Inglorious Bastards, and or The Prestige. Uh, Chloe, I think your list is going to have Kill Bill, Murder Party uh, I put Coraline, you seem like a person who'd watch Coraline as a kid yeah and uh, seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach uh, yours is, uh, I think you're going to have Monsters Inc, Spider-Man 2 and The Dark Knight um, I guess that Justin will have Hot Rod uh, what did I say? Wally and Spider-Man Two, um, Hunter. I have The Prestige, Watchmen, and The Dark Knight. And for Chloe, I have Kill Bill. I put it as one movie, but I know I'm pretty sure it's going to be two. Um, the Prestige and Murder Party. All right, Hunter. I said Memento, Requiem for a Dream, and The Prestige. Justin, I said Dark Knight, Hot Rod, and Hot Fuzz. Zach, I said Inglorious Bastards, Iron Man, and Shrek. Is that all of us? Mm-hmm. You say yours, Justin? I did say mine. Yep. No, I was thinking yep. that uh, your guesses for Zach, Chloe, yours, uh, you had Shrek and Iron Man. That's like one. Uh, that's like one third of the sense of right alliance or whatever that meme was online. <laughs> Have you ever seen this meme? It's like a... It, I, now I'm going on the thing, but there's like this toy that was sold and it was called the Sense of Right Alliance. And in the toy, they had Shrek, Iron Man, a Power Ranger, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> and, um, I'll, I'll have to show you it after. I think that was what it was called. It was stupid. Uh, we can begin the list. Oh, wait. Was, it, was it like a Justice League like knockout? Yeah, yeah, but it had all the wrong... Like, it, like literally, there was a car and it was Lightning McQueen that was in it. I've seen that. <laughs> um anyway yeah we can we can start now um cool we get well, i don't know we can go in the same order we started so hunter if you want to start us off with the year 2000 are we going year by year or are we going with our top 10 no we're going no okay. th- this is the 2000s sorry no i was trying to sing like prince um two zero 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 one movie i guess from 2000 um, so my number 10 movie is a little movie by Mr. Jared Hess called Napoleon Dynamite. Ooh. 
and it's one of the greatest movies of all time. I don't think any of us can question that. And, uh, yeah, well, I think just one of the most original comedies kind of of its kind for how weird it paced it is, and it, it, it stands out because of it. So I like it. And I'm surprised nobody guessed it was going to be on your list because I, f- I forgot about it. <laughs> I, I forgot about that movie it's too. It's on my list, and I forgot. I didn't think, I didn't think anyone else liked it as much <laughs> as I did. So I, I didn't think anyone else would have it on their list. We in their top ten at least. We've talked about it on the show before. Because is it pretty high on your list? I thought was this one of your favorite movies? Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, we've talked about it then before. <laughs> did we've done our top? But it's, it's definitely in a few of our, com- our top comedy lists. Yeah. Well, I think the reason I like it so much is because it's one of my mom. Like, my mom, when she was talking about her favorite movies of all time, the first thing she said was Napoleon Dynamite. So, like, I just watched it so much with her as a kid. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, number 10. Bottom of the top 10 of the 2000s is Shrek 2. I like the first one okay, but Shrek 2 is like one of the funniest movies ever made. And it still makes me laugh. It has the best rendition of I Need a Hero in any movie or anywhere ever. Um, no, nah, there's like, you can go on and on about this movie. There is not a... It doesn't miss. The movie doesn't miss. It just... Every joke is gold and very ahead of its time like every animated movie after this that tried to do something like this was just trying to catch up and it's too bad that every shrek movie after this sucked it never got good ever again like it's like they went all out and they're like they should have ended it here Mm -hmm. i think shrek 3 ain't bad i I think shrek 3 isn't as iconic as 2 but shrek 3 i remember laughing just about as much in it like 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 a lot of the jokes were really freaking good jokes. Like, really well. I'll, I'll hop on that train with you. I agree. I think yeah. so. I haven't found anyone else who is kind of a Trek 3 apologist other than me. So. <laughs> there's a, fu- there's a few funny jokes. Like I'll say, there's a few funny jokes. I like that. The joke with the frog dying is funny. That is good. Yeah. Um, I like when they do uh, Led Zeppelin. That's always fun. Um, but, like... Um, I don't... I don't know if it's just my kid brain at the time, but Merlin hits really hard for me. <laughs> With like him turning on that music and he's like, I thought I would just soften the mood for your little evening chat. <laughs> and he's like too short of a robe. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Shrek the third. That is not. No, no, I know. You know, it's far. It's much more memorable than the fourth one. I don't even remember the fourth one at all. There's like nothing. That yeah, movie is nothing in it. That's the one with doing it wrong. Dawson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks like Grandpa Stilton. Yeah. One medieval meal. Uh, is it my turn then? Yeah. Or are you still? Okay. Um. My number 10 is the home of the best lightsaber duel in Star Wars history, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> um, best, best movie in the prequel trilogy by far. Um, it honestly could maybe stand alone without the other two. 
and it could just go on into the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but there's apparently uh, an edit or like a cut of the movie where they translate it all into Mandarin and then they translate it all back into English. And yes. Dubbed it. <laughs> I, I know what you're ta- I've actually I've seen that version. I know what you're talking about. It, it was like made as like an accident. And like, I forgot exactly what the context of how it was made, but basically you can find it on YouTube and um, every, well, the funniest thing I remember about it is that anytime Anakin's talking about Obi-Wan and says the name Obi-Wan, it translates to, and someone does the vocals for all the translations uh, that were translated like one yeah. way and then back. Um, so every time he says Obi-Wan, his name is instead the ratio. So he always calls him the ratio. <laughs> and it's really it's it's still i don't remember what why it was made but yeah like that version is hilarious so yeah that doesn't really add to the reason why i like it but it's just it's it's one of my aspirations to watch that um but yeah it's definitely one of my favorite star wars movies of all time my turn yep all right, my number ten is a little movie I forgot about. <laughs> no, <laughs> it has a great cast: Ewan McGregor, Robin Williams, Halle Berry, among others. From 2005, comments on capitalism, on propaganda, big pharma, and more. Nope, robots. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Rodney Copperbottom. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane, right? Also, yes, great movie. <laughs> Love it. Haven't seen it in a really long time, but I remember loving this movie, watching it all the time. Yeah, me too. And this is the reason our generation is so anti-capitalism because of robots. Yeah, because of this movie. Because. <laughs> The movie Robots was made, and then out of nowhere, AOC was burst into existence by the universe itself. (laughs) No, I was going to say, isn't it too bad that the very studio that created that anti-capitalist film became a very, uh, it became a victim of capitalism because Disney just shut it down. Blue Sky Studios, they just like announced it the other day, and they, they, they made the Ice Age films, and robots because everyone on twitter was suddenly talking about robots <laughs> which i haven't seen it's in years movie, though. i i the only thing i remember from it was the singing in the oil part that's it i don't remember anything else about it <laughs> singing in the oil <laughs> i remember the like lady with the big dump truck bowl. yeah she's a meme on fanny yeah. voiced by jennifer coolidge <laughs> uh, I have a Jennifer Coolidge voice in my head, but I can't think of how to do it. <laughs> Wait, isn't Jennifer Coolidge the voice of the fairy godmother from Shrek Two? Is she? I thought she was, or am I thinking of someone else? You're thinking of someone else. Who's Jennifer Coolidge in? She's the uh, she's Stifler's mom in America Pie. And she's in Click. She's the mom, or she's the- Is she the hot dog lady from Legally Blonde? Yes, I think so. 
That makes me want to have a hot dog real bad. That's from Legally Blonde too, yeah. actually. Yeah, but yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, that's Jennifer Coolidge. My number nine is Murder Party. Nice. Jeremy song. Um, that might be like the most recent watched movie on my list. Like, oh no, I suppose there's another one that I've seen after that. No, Murder Party, I've probably watched it four or five times since we all watched it together. And, man, I'll throw a Murder Party on just whenever, and it's just incredible. So, I like it. It's like a, I don't know what kind of a, I guess like a dark or like black comedy, but it's even, even that doesn't really describe what it is. So, yeah. but I like it. It's, it's it's hard to add more to this movie, like talking about mm-hmm. it because we talk about it so much. Yeah. yeah, it's like the smartest dumb movie and like the dumbest smart movie ever. It's like it's the best movie to put on the in the background and also to like sit down and watch. Yeah, like you can do either, and it's you can jump in at any point and know what's going on. Yeah, it's a good time no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's equally as fun watching it the first time, I feel like, as it is watching it, like, the 16th time. Like, it never gets less fun to watch it. hmm I think I watched it, like, twice, two or three times in a month, and I still had a good time. hmm I love that movie so much. It's also in my list. Yeah. It didn't make my list, but that's only because I got to watch it again. I, 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 it's on my honorable mentions, but I didn't feel I could put it on my list. We have to do a whole episode on it. Um, we could, why we, we should just, if for any reason we ever kind of change the format of the show and we maybe leave movies at all maybe introduce other things we should just rename the podcast murder party and i don't know if it exists but (laughs) just in honor of the great movie that is um i think i think each of us should take like 20 episodes or something and sift through all the parts that we talk about murder party and frankenstein an episode (laughs) From all <laughs> oh, we could. It would be we, a lot of work. Yeah. We've talked about a decent amount on our Jeremy Solney episode. Yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be the that'd be like the foundation. We talked about yeah. it there. I think we brought it up. I I don't know if we saw it before our favorite horror movies or not, but I thought there's definitely been other lists that's been brought up because then it was also brought up during the creepy corner episode. So like we've it keeps just kind of reappearing. Oh, uh, and it's gonna be yeah. talked about even more in this episode. Um, I, think, I think it's I think it's more more prominent than Jai Courtney ever was. That's too bad, Jai Courtney. Should, you got to boost them numbers up. We should do like an episode every year that like we have our normal Halloween themed ones, but then we just watch and review Murder Party again and again <laughs> every like year. Paul Blart. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Is that our death to us to us, Blart? Yeah, <laughs> murder party. Yeah. We gotta start our a, a second podcast. No, it's it's yeah, it, it'll just be that every yeah. year. Murder we gotta party. call it like some weird quote from the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't deserve to be punished. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, um, man, uh, are you done? Are, 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 okay, I'm moving on. Yeah, we can go. We'll talk about more. Um, my number nine is uh, Ocean's Eleven. Wow. Yeah. Has anyone ever seen any of the Ocean's movies? I've only seen yeah, Eleven. When, when they came out, I think I saw Eleven and Twelve, but I don't remember anything about them. Okay, so Twelve is garbage, and the third one's actually pretty good. I The third one's actually maybe on the same level as the first one as far as, like, the creative side of the heist is. Uh, the second one just sucks. And actually, the spinoff they did, uh, Ocean's 8, with, like, the ladies, that one's pretty good. I like that one, actually. Um, but the first do one the is... Do ladies have any connection to the guys in... Yeah. Seasons? Like, uh, she is an Ocean, uh, Sandra Bullock, and she is the sister of Danny Ocean. No, she is never mentioned or brought up in the original trilogy, but they found a way. Um, I kind of wish they would continue that series because I thought they were sort of making it seem like George Clooney was going to, like, appear in that series or, like, in that movie. So maybe they'll do an Ocean's 9 and 10 eventually and then maybe have, like, everybody together. I think that'd be cool. Um, But Ocean's Eleven's awesome. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's a very, like, chill director. Like, he can do big blockbusters but still make them seem, like, kind of like an indie-sized film. And, um... This is definitely, like, I think his best movie, which is weird because it's a remake, but it's, as far as I've ever noticed, I don't think anybody even talks about the original. They only really talk about this one, and this is what got me to fall in love with heist movies, and uh, I've seen this a lot, even uh, since I was a kid. It's, like, one of my dad's favorite movies, so I've just seen it a lot because of that, but it's really well-done heist movie with a lot of just, it's like the definition of cool you know if there was like a definition of like the classic cool you know like 1960s cool brought into the modern era it's this movie and um it's one that i can like watch anytime pop it in i will watch it i i was thinking we should do uh because you like heist movies so much we should either do like a top 10 top heist movie list or just like a like if you justin want to make a 10 list and then we do a whole episode where you just like talk about your ten favorite heist movies. Hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool and pretty fun. It's it's kind of it's tough because heist movies. heist movies like to me like even if the movie's not great, I end up loving it. Like I just watched that movie Triple Frontier, not a great movie, but because it's kind of a heist movie, I love it. And it's kind of like unfair to even talk about. Them. And you got so many different types of heist movies. You got Inception Mind Heist. You got Avengers Endgame Time Heist. You got, I'm sure there's more heists than that, but like, it's, um, it's a tower heist. Tower heist ain't bad. That's actually a good one. And I know there you go again. Like (laughs) the movies, it really isn't that great, but I actually love it because it's, I remember that movie so well, even though it's been like 10 years and I watched that home barely paying attention, but because it's a heist movie, I remember so many details about that movie. I got to watch that again. Tropic Thunder is kind of a heist movie think about it kind of mm-hmm. i think that counts see it would be fun to do an episode then we can like argue if something's <laughs> a heist movie or not yeah like argo is kind of a heist movie yeah or, way. Uh, you gotta like make a plot Ant-Man. and steal people ant-man's yeah. definitely a heist movie yep ant-man and the wasp die hard well wait that's not one the grinch 
That was a that was a reference to an Ant Man line, but I don't know if anyone remembers that from Endgame. <laughs> when they're yeah. when they're listing off all the time travel movies, he's like Die Hard. No, that's not one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Yeah, uh, all right, um, my number nine is Peter Jackson's King Kong. I loved that movie as a kid, even though it was like the longest movie I owned. I would, I would pay attention to that whole movie, which is pretty impressive for, for how old was I then? I don't know, like ten or something. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. I was okay. Whatever. Two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah. No, I just remember it. Uh, the visuals being super impressive. And, like, I was glued to the screen the whole time. Uh, I don't think at the time I understood, like, the whole story, but, like, going back to it, it it's more impactful now, even. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Have you ever watched the extended cut? I don't think so. It's, like, it's Lord of the Rings long. Like, <laughs> it's, I have it on DVD, and it's, like, three and a half hours or something like that. And like, Unless, at least I don't think I did. I don't what. How much more, like, content do they add? A full hour that they added. <laughs> it's, it's not a whole lot of like story. It's more just like, like it's it's almost like the first entire hour they still don't even leave, America oh. yet. It's like all at the boat, and then a full hour of them on the island, and then a full hour of them back in, New York or wherever. Like, oh. it's yeah, it's. I'll have to check that out. There's way more New York stuff in it, I guess. For and there's a lot more like um, of the island, but not like a ton more because that was most of that they kept in the movie because that's why most people want to go see it. But there's a lot like the, I just remember like watching the extended cut, the beginning. It was like around the first hour mark before they finally get to the island. <laughs> like because it it's already long. like three hours long. <laughs> it's really long. It's really, but it's good. It. it like, I had a really hard time not putting it on my list. Like, it didn't make it into my... Like, it's on, It's an honorable mention for sure, but it didn't make it into, like, my top, you know, 15 or 13 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. okay. My number nine is one that I would be shook if, if anyone else has seen. It is a Swedish movie called Let the Right One In. Um, mm-hmm. It's... It's branded as, like, a horror movie, but it's a lot more, like, almost teen drama coming-of-age movie. Um, But one of the characters is a vampire. It's super interesting. I really, really like it, but it is entirely in Swedish. There is an American remake, but it's not as good. Starring Chloe Grace Moretz. That's the American remake, and it's not as good. That one was called Let Me In, right? Just Let Me In? I think we've talked about... This was on your horror list, wasn't it? Yeah, because I I've... definitely brought this one up before because I do really like it. Yeah, which I, I want to see it. I know I've heard a lot of a lot of horror fans really like it. Yeah, I highly recommend. Um, you have to read subtitles, so if you don't like doing that, probably don't watch it or learn Swedish. I don't know. I think learning Swedish would be I... a lot easier than reading. I agree. Yeah, well, I'll do that. <laughs> I really like that. Like you get 
a teen drama movie, but it's not like cheesy. It's actually really well done. And then you also get those elements of horror mixed in and it's just, it melds so nicely. My number eight is Watchmen. Ooh. Um, I don't I think this last one. What? So that's pretty low on the list there, bud. Yeah, I mean, when I was making this list, I was thinking more like, okay, what would I most likely want to see next? No, yeah, no, I know. And I'd love it, but I think the last time we watched it, I think I was, we watched that, the Ultimate Edition, and I think I was like, all right, I'm ready to not watch this for a while. <laughs> um, but it's obviously still one of my favorites, so. Um, yeah, it's pretty freaking good. I've been talking to a lot of people about the TV show recently it's been making me um reminisce about how good the movie is tv show's good mm-hmm. i like the movie yeah no but the tv show is really good i i have to finish it still but um I, really, I just have the last episode i still have to read the i mean the bloody book i mean i still haven't read it and um i've been very like ever since i saw the movie which i think i saw it many years ago whenever it came out so been wanting to read it ever since then but yeah mm-hmm. that was fun when you, we watched that extended version you can borrow it if you want um i think the person i borrowed it to i think he gave it back to me i really so. wanted to actually because what i wanted to get was i wanted to get that massive box set that has the book but it also has like the absolute like complete cut of the movie um but yeah definitely gotta maybe i'll just borrow it because i think that set costs like 50 or more dollars now or even more than that and I don't know if I want to pay that much for a movie I technically own but <laughs> yeah awesome no other words about Watchmen unless someone else does Wait, we had did a whole episode actually I didn't know if you uh, said did you do you like the TV show or the movie more big question uh <laughs> I mean, they're massively different, so it's kind of hard to just say it anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't know because like I'd sooner rewatch the TV show, you know. Like I would, I would watch that over and over again a few times just because I want to learn more about these characters that I just discovered. Mm-hmm. Like, like the last character, he's like fascinating. Um, but um, the TV show or the movie, I guess it'll always be. It'll always have that special place in my heart. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's you get like Jeremy Irons in the TV show, which is like incredible. But the the movie is like the only like really good comic book adaptation of the actual comic book, and it's significantly darker. So um, I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one or the other. If I did Desert Island, them I would probably pick the TV show because I haven't seen it as much. Yeah, but um, that's only because I've watched the movie so many times now. So I don't know. I recommend it though to anyone listening who hasn't seen the TV show. Watch it, but also anyone listening, you should know that it's not based off the movie. It's based off the comic. So there's a whole lot in there that you're gonna be crazy confused about. You guys, mm-hmm. if you guys have all met my friend Taylor, I don't know if Justin, if you've met my friend Taylor, I think so. Um, he just watched the TV show and he messaged me and he's like, it was good, but it's really weird why they didn't, why they didn't even try to keep it canon or whatever. And like, he didn't know that it was based off the comic. 
Right. Which he even. So he had no idea what the squids were all about. He didn't know anything. He was like waiting for Rorschach to show up in it. <laughs> and I'm like, he's dead. Like, he died in the movie too, but he's mm-hmm. super dead. And he's like, what? That's crazy. He's my favorite character. I was waiting for him to come into it. And I'm like, well, it's not really about the old Watchmen. It's about, like, this new group of people. Yeah. Anyway. I wonder how many people go in almost thinking that it is, it's very closely almost a sequel to the movie. Like, it could almost be a sequel, except Mm -hmm. for the fact that they take the original ending and not the ending from the movie. So that is, Mm -hmm. because that threw me off at first, too. I kind of was like... I think I know what these squids are, but I don't... Because I, from what I remember, I thought, like, Manhattan blew up or something. And then I looked it up, and I was like, okay, so the comic book... And since every little detail of the original movie was almost the same as the comic book, except for the ending, um, yeah. or how it ended anyway, um, yeah, that kind of threw me off. So I could imagine, like, tons of people who... And I, I don't think a lot of people saw the movie or at least don't remember it so they didn't really care or at least yeah. think of it as a sequel but in my head you can almost make it a sequel if that one thing was changed i know there's other differences but that's the major one and still they're they're both good i mean i like them both my number eight is super bad nice yes nice. this is another one of the to me funniest movies ever made but it's also got a lot of heart it's got a lot of heart in the movie, I think. and um, But I, I think it's, like, one of the most quotable movies ever and so, like, hyper-inappropriate that yeah. I think it, it it definitely brings out the preteen in me, but also um, it's got just really good performances. Like, you can't really tell that Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are just not teenagers, but they certainly, you buy them as being teenagers and... I don't know. It's it's a weird one where I feel like I don't know. There's always like little things I'm thinking about in that movie, and that I I try to like. I it's kind of hard to reference in like day to day life because I'm like I don't think people will remember this. But like one of the things I always remember like <laughs> when they're like uh, talking to that girl after the mugger comes into the liquor store and she's like, he looked like a rapper, kind of like Eminem. Oh, he looked like an Eminem. And then they're like drawing him. And it's like, do you look like this? He's like, it's like, so no, no, he looked like you. Oh, oh, he was Jewish. <laughs> and <laughs> so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. It's like, no, that's not what I said. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, one of the best things in that movie, like, and it's such brilliant writing, is that moment where they're in the car and they're doing the lightsaber thing, and then Bill Hader's like, "Yeah, that's Yoda, you know, from Attack of the Clones," and it's like, <laughs> is he mentioning Attack of the Clones because he's that dim-witted, or is he mentioning it because he's like trying to connect with this younger person here and say like, oh, "Attack of the Clones," that's what you would know him from, right? Even McLovin's no, just kind of like. <laughs> I think it's the former. I think I think he's just that different. Right. Those cops are not really part of that whole movie. Yeah. Oh, and I know I'm only mentioning <laughs> the cops, but I mean, there's like a lot of that weird guy that they meet 
that accidentally runs over Jonah Hill and he's like telling them about going to that party and he's like it's like it's got booze and girls booze and girls you know what I'm thinking I know what you're thinking you know what I'm thinking and he's just such a weirdo isn't that the guy, that the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine yes it is that guy yeah <laughs> And it's so funny because he brings him to that party and basically they go downstairs and they steal all the booze. And I always thought in my head, I'm like, that is a really good way to get booze as a teenager. Go to someone else's party, steal their booze, go and leave. And then what's so funny is that when he goes there and brings these guys, that other guy like did not invite him. Like that is not what happened. Um, Oh, and then that guy who owns that house has one of my favorite uh, just out of nowhere lines ever is when that chick like goes to defend him during that drunk fight and she's like yeah kick his ass mark and then she he calls her out even though she's defending him and he calls her out and he says shut the f up scarlet (laughs) and that like (laughs) everything about that movie is just like pure gold (laughs) so anyway sorry i just i just said a bunch of quotes from it and that's what i mean like usually people are like what i don't even know what you're talking about i'm like this movie every line like it's not just the mclovin part like the whole movie is like full of great little moments like that yeah i don't even think the mclovin part's that funny i mean it's kind of hilarious when like jonah hill's explaining it it's like (laughs) it's like First of all, you said you're 30 years old in this photo. Why would you say that? <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm not yeah, going to put that like, I'm 21. How many 21-year-olds do you think are in this town? I, I just don't think that, sh- that should have been the thing that the movie was remembered for. Like, right, I think the yeah. cops are way funnier than that. Right. Like, anything from the cops are 10 times funnier than the McLovin scene. It was either that or Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad's the most common name in the world. Read an effing book. <laughs> Okay, that's it. Okay, we can move on. Just I, I love the movie. Yeah. Um uh, my number eight is Inglorious Bastards. It's my favorite war movie, my favorite Tarantino movie. Um Yeah. It's freaking Fastbender. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm a little buzzed, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to bring up. Really, <laughs> sorry. I think it's gonna be on other people's lists, but it is a great movie, and I think it was actually like Michael Fassbender's first movie. It's definitely up there. Is I I think because we talked about him one time during the last actor on Earth, and he didn't have too many movies, and I think this is this might be like his first movie in general. Like I don't even know if he was in anything before this. Hundred might have been. That was before Glorious Bastards. Yeah, but... yeah, that's true. That was like that was two years before it. So I think it was three hundred, and then it was this, and then he started being in the X Men and a few other things. But did Mike Myers do anything after Glorious Bastards? <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know. That's about it. Shrek um, Four. Yeah, Shrek yeah, Four. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, there's a lot of really good uh, people in this movie. Um. The lady from National Treasure, I think her name was Diane Kruger. She's in this movie. She's the one that is like the she's like the reporter, or like masquerading as a reporter down at the basement bar. Yeah, um, she's not much like she was in Troy. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's like fallen off the face of the earth. Like she was in this movie, and that was it. And I'm like, it's kind of weird because I always thought she was awesome. 
My number eight is 13 Ghosts. Ooh. Yeah. You liked it? I love that movie. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I know you didn't. I do. My list, not yours. I've never heard of it. What is it? Um, 13 Ghosts. It's a pretty obscure um, horror movie. It's from 2001. It's really hit and miss within the horror community. I really like it. I saw it when I was pretty young, so that might be part of it. I just think it's a really interesting... It's interesting. See, I, okay, so I liked the ghost part, but I didn't like this like weird sci-fi aspect of it. Like the house? Yeah, or the house and like, like the gate that was opening. Both, both of those things. Like both of those key like plot elements I did not like. But like the ghosts were cool and like how they're all kind of different. And I liked the characters. Like, yeah. Matthew Lillard was my favorite. <laughs> Matthew Lillard's always your favorite. Um, but yeah, overall the plot I didn't really care for. See, to me, like, the characters and the, the lore with the ghosts was enough to make the rest of it, like, I could forget about it. I wasn't that mad about it. I mean, you can like the house stuff, I, too, if you want. It's your opinion. I can like whatever I want. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, I like it. Zach doesn't. Is there actually 13 ghosts in the movie? There are. Well, yes. Okay. Eventually. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, the lore behind the house is kind of dumb, but I think the look of the house itself is cool. It's... I like it. He lives in the woods. Doesn't matter. Anyways. Is it a horror movie? Or is it... Okay. Yeah, it's who who does it? Dark Castle Entertainment. So the same people that do that did um, Orphan, House of Wax. They did the last Predator movie. The last Predator movie, Ghost Ship. Those people did this movie, Mm. or that that was the. We should add it to a horror corner episode. Yeah. Okay. We'll watch it and then we'll talk about it more in depth. So. Yeah, Yeah, because when I think... If you guys hate it, it'll be bad, but... When I hear 13 Ghosts, I think of that Scooby-Doo show that was on in, like, the (laughs) 80s called The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, let's say you wore a red shirt. What the hell? Right. (laughs) I remember that. That's weird. There's, like, so many Scooby-Doo shows, so, like, that... See, that could be a whole podcast, just going through Scooby-Doo shows. (laughs) Because there's, like, literally like 20 different versions but that one's like anyway yeah that's there's another there's a sh- that's what makes me think of 13 ghosts was it was it a reference was there a scooby-doo you know matthew lillard's in it so they got <laughs> so matthew lillard's in a horror movie but he's not the murderer uh my number seven is the royal bombs from uh, mr wes anderson still haven't seen it it's really really good if you, if you like Wes Anderson, it's it's that movie's probably like I don't know. For me, it's like maybe like his most iconic, other than maybe like Grand Budapest Hotel. Also, the like the least Wes Anderson movie he has, like where it's not too crazy with the camera angles and the stuff, but it's still like I don't know. The the main story is the most linear of a story he has, kind of with his movies. Hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It's really good. I really, really like it. It's got all kind of actors earlier in there. For some of their careers, like, it's kind of like Owen Wilson as he's, like, kind of going off the deep end. And um, Ben Stiller, it's uh, um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, I can't remember. Who's the guy who plays Royal Tenenbaum? I can't remember his name. Bill Murray. No. Well, who's the who's the what's the who plays Royal? I don't know. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Yeah. No. No. Oh, were you asking? Sorry. Yeah. Don't don't refer to me. I have never seen it either. (laughs) Am I the only one who's seen it? Yeah. Oh. You guys. Yeah. No, I'm going a little backwards in my Wes Anderson watch because I've seen Rushmore. I've seen Moonrise and uh, Grand Budapest. But, yeah, I haven't gotten to that one or Life Aquatic. Okay. We should I, – I mean, I someday I would love to do a Wes Anderson episode. I, that's, I would absolutely love to do one. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, got a pretty big catalog, though, to watch through before – we could possibly do it. Yeah, I've looked at it. There's like there's like about ten movies, and I think of the only one you haven't seen is this first one, Bottle Rocket. I think you've seen everything yeah. else, so it would give you an excuse to finally watch his first movie. Which I mean, I've wanted to see it, and I'd, I'd I'd actually like to own all his movies. I mean, I own the ones I've seen, and I mean they're good. I I guess I just got to catch up. Yeah. Oh, Gene Hackman. I was thinking Gene Hackman was the guy who plays Royal. Mm. Oh. It's really it's it's really good. Star Stone cast. It's good. Well, there was a little preview of our Wes Anderson episode, everyone. Um, and all right. So my number seven is, because I made some last-second changes because we were literally just talking about it. Uh, my number seven is School of Rock, which I didn't have on my list originally. But this is actually one of my, like not even just favorite of the 2000s like this is like one of my like favorite movies like i love this movie um mm-hmm. pretty much everything after this also is like part of my like favorite movies i it's a pretty large list but yeah school of rock is great it's so um such an interesting plot that honestly could have just been taken over by any goofy 2000s director and studio and made it like real quick on the cheap you know through Nickelodeon movies or something and everyone would have forgotten about it and have really cheesy jokes but they actually made a really kind of great piece um I always like about that movie that Jack Black really um gives like attention to all the children um there's still a few actually I guess who don't technically get many lines but like it's got a larger cast of children that are all unknowns and he devotes attention to all of them and they all get their like little special moment. And I think it, I don't know, as a kid, I, I really liked it a lot for that. But nowadays I, I, I appreciate it even more because it doesn't feel, it is a kid's movie, but it doesn't really feel like a kid's movie, uh, directed by Richard Linklater. So, um, this is definitely like, it's weird cause it's his style of movie, but it also has such a normal screenplay. He typically doesn't do these kind of like, normal uh three act or even formulaic screenplays he usually does something a little more unique or tries to do some kind of um artsy gimmick to it all 
but this movie it was like nah he he made just a straight up normal Hollywood blockbuster and it turned out really really good and um he tried to like do it again after this with Bad News Bears and it wasn't as good so mm-hmm. um I don't know I guess it was just like one and done and then he kind of went back to doing his indie stuff but this is a really good movie yeah I love it a lot. It's definitely in my... Uh, it's probably in one of my top ten lists somewhere. Um, it's probably maybe the most quotable movie that I've ever seen and ever quoted. At least at least in my high school years, like, I can... Like, especially, like, in the Floodwood days, like, all I can remember is quoting this, like, line for line with Austin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. This is definitely in my list. Um, I I I do really like that it's it's like a movie aimed towards kids, but they're like not talking down to you. Like they, it's it has adult themes and it it deals with like adult problems, but like in a smart way that a kid can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's very cool and <laughs> it's really good. And it's been a while since I watched it. But I do. It, it holds a special place in my heart. Hmm. And Chloe still hasn't seen it. Never seen it. Oh. It's classic. It is like a our generation classic. My number seven is Spider-Man Two. Nice. Probably one of the best superhero movies still to date. I would argue. Um. I don't, I'm trying to think of a more compelling villain in Marvel, maybe Loki, but Doc Ock in this movie is is killer, and uh, yeah, Peter Parker's arc in this too, because um, he there is a story arc in the comics where Peter Parker like starts to lose his powers. Like this is pulled straight from the comics, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, with like the Sam Raimi twist, um, but yeah, I love this movie. Like two thousand two, right? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. You said uh, the second movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Two thousand two was the first one. Yeah, sorry, you you said Doc Ock, so I don't know why I'm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm just got my ears mixed up. Mm-hmm. I think Sandman is like. Out of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, I think Sandman, for me, is the most compelling villain. Because he's never, like, when he's being Sandman, he's never, like, he never has, like, an evil look or, like, a sinisterness about him. Like, he's just, he's more just trying to escape stuff all the time. But, like, Doc Ock, there's times when Doc Ock is, like, like when he's robbing the bank and he looks evil. Like, he's, like, like he's, (laughs) he's a dude driven to desperation, but he also decides to be, like, like snively, yeah, well, I, I feel like he, it's out of his control because he like he doesn't want to be a bad guy. It's the mm-hmm. the arms or whatever. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, I think he's not a bad guy in nature. Yeah, I think the twisted fact of the nature is, is that he just was having fun. He was like, you know what? It's kind of fun doing this. <laughs> that's what I always I'm thought. Mm-hmm. You know, I really miss when they used to really mess with the editing and the 
the humor of these like Marvel movies. I love the modern Marvel movies. I do, but like they used to take some wild chances. At least Sam Raimi did. Like mm-hmm. at the one point when he loses his powers and he gives up being Spider Man, there's just a montage where they're playing raindrops are falling on my head, and um, <laughs> he goes full on Evil Dead when Doc Ock like first comes alive at the hospital scene, which is like one of the most well edited things I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. This also uh, this has one of my favorite transition shots in any movie ever. Um, it's actually several transition shots, but it's the part where like uh, Spider Man's back and J Jonah Jameson is like pointing at the sky. I want Spider Man, and then it's like the magazine comes out and it says he's back, and he just breaks through it, and then he's like yeah. swinging through the city, and then you pan out, and it's just through. I don't even know how to explain it, but then it's like Doc Ock's glasses, and I'm like that whole bit of transition shots is some of my favorite like that's like one of my favorite things ever in any movie because i'm like how Mm -hmm. how can you not get like amped for the movie after that and it leads to like the the subway fight which is like one of the best fight scenes ever made Mm -hmm. that movie's like incredible actually like that i oh i gotta watch that again that movie that's still my favorite marvel movie like none of the mcu movies have topped that in my opinion uh-huh. Do you think? Do you think we'll get that Sam Raimi flavor in uh, Doctor Strange too? Oh, I am so excited to see him take on like <laughs> Doctor Strange's magic, and I really hope they yeah. just let him go wild. Like, I hope they don't say. I, I... Well, if it's supposed to have like horror elements, I really hope we get like a taste of like some Evil Dead in there, right? Like something, and and throw in some practical it's funny, effects. They mentioned Doctor Strange yeah. in Spider-Man too, mm-hmm. when they're trying to come up with a name for Doc Ock. Right. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Doctor Strange, let's take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really hope they like uh they throw in like Sam Raimi's given the chance to do his kind of shooting, his kind of angles, because like the MCU, it's it, even with the different directors, they don't really go so wild with the camera angles. And I really hope he's given the chance to do some crazy close-ups, really throw the camera around and um, throw in some practical stuff. Because, I mean, even, like, in the later movies, like uh, Spider-Man 3, um, even some of, like, Venom is done practically. So even when there was, like, a lot of computer graphics used, they still used practical stuff when they could. And, like, that's why I've always thought, I'm like, that Venom's always looked way better than the one from 2018, just because they did them practically. And sometimes that, like, those teeth just looked so much better. And now I'm, I'm praising Spider-Man 3. I mean, I, I like that movie, too, but it's way, 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 way goofier than Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is just, like, I'm really excited for him to take on Doctor Strange 2 just based on what he did with the Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I before we move on from it, like do you guys remember the bank ice scene? I guess like when he's he's robbing the bank mm-hmm. and Spider Man are fighting in there, huh? When he like kidnaps Aunt May. Yeah, but like the whole fight inside the bank and they're throwing around actual bags of gold coins. Right. Oh yeah. Like how? <laughs> like I don't know how many banks there are these days how where they actually keep that? a vault full of bags of gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> What were those in yeah, 2000? What, what, are those like gold dollars? Yeah, this bank is only gold dollars. That's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only, like, like, what was Aunt May thinking about going to, like, 
go there. Uh, well, I was kind of thinking, like, like, you know, the National Reserve, if anything, would probably have gold pro- like more than likely would have gold but one i don't know if there's one in new york and also i don't know why that would be aunt may's bank <laughs> like, why, why is she even at that bank like that's kind of a high no wonder why they were just trying to give her a toaster because like you should have went to a different bank Aunt May. like they're not gonna help you like you see the kind of money they're dealing with literal gold <laughs> gold i think i think it's yeah. this movie where there's a movie where joel McHale is a, yeah this is one he's at the it's bank that's this it's that scene it was yeah. before he got hair plugs because he's slightly balder in this yeah. movie than when he was in community if you notice yeah sorry there's like a whole yeah. thing on reddit about that about actors who have gotten hair plugs in like later in their career because he was one that he's like in this movie and okay. he's did Steve Carell, or is that just like a weird? I think he did. I think I think he definitely did. Okay. Yeah, there's a Reddit page. No, I wasn't sure if that was like a choice by like the show to like make him bald, or if they did that, like, or if that was just him. I think that was his forty-year-old virgin money. I think because he he did that movie and then he made that money, so I think he did. Well, he had a hair in forty-year-old virgin though. I think maybe he did it for that movie. Because I think he did the first season of The Office, the first few episodes, before he did the sh- the movie. Um, yeah, because he, he was filming 40-year-old version in season two. I, I think that's true. because Well, there's a Reddit page where they speculate about celebrities who have gotten hair plugs, and they got a, another one that speculates about celebrities who have fixed their teeth. So, Because um, they look at like earlier movies, and then when they start making money, suddenly they have way better teeth and way better hair, and you're like, yeah, they got hair plugs. Yep, they got fake teeth. Yeah, like, uh, what's his face? The H- HBO, um, like, news anchor guy. John Oliver. Who's in, like, a bunch of movies. John Oliver, yeah. Yeah. I feel like he fixed his Anyway. Yeah, sorry, that was a tangent. My number seven is Orphan. Ooh. It's. I forgot how much I liked it, and then when I heard that they were making... Is it a remake or a sequel? I forgot. I think it's a prequel. Is it a prequel? When I heard about that, I got really excited and remembered how much I love this movie. It's such a cool, such a cool idea for a movie, and I think they pulled it off really well. I remember liking it, but thinking it was kind of, like, gross... I was like, I feel like some gross screenwriter wrote this until I heard this is an actual story. Like, this actually happened. And I was like, oh, okay. So if it legitly happened somewhere, never mind. I guess this is just freaky. Well, and so there's another... This actually happened. And then this movie came out in 2009. And I think it was last year or the year before this family thought that they had adopted a murderous little person. They thought this the daughter that they adopted was like a 30-year-old woman who was homicidal or something like that. And it was just this little girl. And, like, they neglected her, and they're getting sued over it now, I think. But, like, 
I'm just like, did they see? Did they see the movie? And, and then like freak out about this little girl that they just adopted. It was wild. So they did the complete opposite. They were like, oh wait, I bet you our daughter is the adult, so we're ahead of the game, and it's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> they're just yeah, being they're just crazy. being assholes. <laughs> For real, yeah. I like that that movie is out there, though, to show everyone, like, hey, don't adopt children, because they might murder you, <laughs> and they might be an adult. <laughs> I want to see it. Sydney talks about it all the time. She likes it. It's real good. Highly recommend. It'd be pretty badass to, like, look like a child still, because I would do that. I'd go live off of families and just be like, I'm a child. Take me in, please. Yeah. <laughs> um... Before I forget, did did you guys any of you guys watch The Lodge from last year? No. Okay, Chloe, it's up your alley. It's on Hulu, I think. Um, it's like I watched it after the year. Otherwise, it probably it absolutely would have made my top ten from last year. Good horror movie. Um, and then I didn't finish it yet, but I really liked it. Possessor. Um, is directed by uh. Who's who's the body horror guy um, from, like, the 80s? He's, like, the big body horror. Um, John Carpenter. He, he, no, he he made a lot of... Prest- he worked on a lot of movies with body horror. Like, The Fly, I think, was his big thing. I can't remember his name. Oh, it's... Cronenberg. Cronenberg, yeah. His son directed it. Possessor. And it's very up I don't know it's really really good and I think you guys would like it it's really weird really good anyway I just I know I forget if I didn't mention it now so (laughs) (laughs) um my number six is Sunshine of the Spotless Mind um Michelle Gondry and Charlie Kaufman this year like I watched uh, Eternal Sunshine a few years ago, but this year it was like I started really just realize, like watching and appreciating like Charlie Kaufman's stories, storytelling, and his everything he's done, and like how I can't believe we don't have more of his stuff right now in Hollywood, or at least I, I just I can't believe that we don't have more. Charlie Kaufman movies and why like as much as people talk about him I don't know why we don't like why we don't talk about him more as like a film culture like I feel like his stuff is just I I don't know why people don't talk about his movies more often I think they're brilliant and really fascinating Mm -hmm. but anyway it's really good yeah we we quickly talked about him when you were doing your top 10 of 2020 because he did that movie for Netflix um Mm-hmm. And uh, I think maybe that's part of it is that like people don't often talk about screenwriters because he's mostly done screenwriting, not directing, which is like it's too bad. Because like the other movie I mentioned was like Adaptation. That's a really good movie that he did that I don't think people have seen much of at all. Eternal Sunshine is like his best movie by far because just like yeah. such an interesting concept. And so um, I don't know. It's like a sci-fi movie almost. And you don't even really think it is, and yeah, but the sci-fi element is played down so much that's not the main point of it, you mm-hmm. know. Like it's such a like it's such a background thing, or even all the other interweaving relationships that are going on in it is 
you know, I was listening to a podcast about it, how like the science fiction part, like the, the office of the, whatever the company is that does the brainwashing. Like, it's not like this, like, you know, sterling white, you know, sci-fi company, like you'd think it would be, you know, mm-hmm. where everyone's wearing, like lab coats and it's like this, like, like Mark Ruffalo's like eating like a cheeseburger while he's working. Like, it's like really dirty almost, you know, like it's just like an ordinary office. But I also heard that in the original script, the, they were going to make that like office space was going to be in the same building from being John Malkovich. <laughs> and and they're gonna really? do yeah they're gonna do a few movies that were uh, all Kaufman movies that were gonna be in like this weird universe where it's just like somehow that building is in a few of, of his movies but they went they didn't do it with with uh eternal sunshine so they just didn't do it with any other movie that he did but um yeah i don't know it would have been interesting well yeah it's, anyway it's, it's, well, and it's weird because, yeah, you, they definitely should make more of his stuff because, like, there's been people who have done things similar to him. Like, that movie, uh, Downsizing, kind of reminds me of his style of movie. Uh, Living With Yourself is another one, that TV show with Paul Rudd, which was incredible. But that also was something like, I'm like, Charlie Kaufman would do something like this. So his, like, influence is all over the place, but I don't even think people comprehend that he's influenced so many recent movies and tv shows so yeah yeah, i agree totally um yeah oh my number six on my list well we kind of talked about spider-man 2 it's a great movie i don't know Mm -hmm. if the first or third spider-man will be making anybody's list but um it's it is like i said my favorite marvel movie we don't have to keep talking about it we can if we want i love it I love that ending shot. There, I, no, I will say that's the reason. There's one reason, I guess, if I were to say why this is the best Marvel movie. It's the final part of the movie when he. It's after they defeated Doc Ock and he's lowering MJ down, and you know, Mister Astronaut, Astronaut Man that she was engaged to shows up to grab her. There's a r- real quick moment in that where it's like the music by Danny Elfman is so good, and he's like. Um, you know, he finally re- he he realizes, oh, I saved you, and you know who I am now, but I still have to give you up. You have to understand why we can't be together. And he lowers her down. And they're just kind of looking at each other, and then he gets up, puts his mask on, but then he turns around. He just does one more look, and then he swings away. And I know that I know she runs to him at the end of the movie. So yeah, 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 they get together, hooray! But that part, that little part of the movie, I'm like, this is what makes this movie like better than anything else in the MCU because that. There's so much emotion in just that little moment, and there's nothing being said. It's just the music, it's the scene, it's the actors, it's... I gotta watch that movie again. <laughs> uh, my number six is Hot Rod. Yeah. <laughs> Wanna talk about it, Justin? <laughs> I'm happy it's, that uh... this is gonna show up on everybody's list, though, because this movie is so well-known <laughs> amongst us. No, it's it's such a good movie. It's so funny. There's so many quotable things. There's so many weird things in it that is so, like, Lonely Island. Like, the part where they're just, like, all walking, and then it starts to be, like, a big, like, crowd, <laughs> and they're all singing. <laughs> it just goes out of control. Yeah. Right. It's just, like, it's, it, it's totally, like, something that would play at the beginning of, like, an SNL thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it, it, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is the funniest movie of all time. I've heard people say. Yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs> We're not going to sit in silence. We're not going to live with fear. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Man, there was nothing you could do but just run away. <laughs> TV in uh, there was a There's a thing I saw recently where they did like the Footloose like reference where they do like the dance and mm-hmm. the first thing that came to mind was Hot Rod. It wasn't <laughs> even Footloose. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> so I got on my banana board. <laughs> it's just all those little things. You look like a fiery eagle right now with a mountain for a face <laughs> I think that would be the drugs it's like yeah but I think yeah. it's also just weird that you're driving this minivan <laughs> we just ran over a small bus <laughs> hospital trash can right <laughs> thanks buddy right. <laughs> My number six is Kill Bill. Woo! Any of them. That's your number six? My number six. Jesus. One peak. You were looking. Uh, yeah. I've, have we talked about this before? I feel, Yeah, because we did the Tarantino episode. We definitely um, did, yeah. I love Kill Bill. They are one movie to me. And I love them. I just love other movies more. What if you had to pick one? What if you had to pick one half? I would I would pick the whole bloody affair. Or nothing? Yeah. You'd rather not watch? Yep. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> the middle part of both of them. <laughs> I like the intermission. The part where we go up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, they only show the whole bloody affair at the New Beverly Um Tarantino's owned movie theater. So I don't know if that edit has ever leaked online. You can't you can't like buy it commercially, but I'm sure there's like a version of it online you can watch. Um but I don't know because the only way you would be able to see it is at the New Beverly and I'm sure it's on film, so there's no like probably digital copy of it that, that exists that isn't just like a camcorder recording at the New Beverly. Because I think he does specific edits to it to make it the full the whole bloody affair i don't think it's just the first movie then the second movie i think there's actually like edits to make a like one movie well and i heard there there's that one um animated sequence and i heard that that's extended in the whole like from people who have seen it they said that's extended yeah there's other certain cuts Oh, you know, the and the fight sequence in the first movie, uh, the final one, when it turns black and white, that actually was originally colored. They only did that for the censors. But I believe the foreign prints of the movie have it in color, and I think in the whole bloody affair it's color as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it was so bloody, they had to make it black and white so it could be an R-rated movie, not a NC-17. Well, every time he shows it in his theater... He adds one more barefoot somewhere in the movie. 
My number five is the Dark Knight. Um, the last like few weeks, I've been dying to rewatch the Nolan Batman movies, but I just haven't done it yet because I know I know Sydney won't want to watch them with me, really, and I feel bad making her watch movies <laughs> she doesn't want to watch. <laughs> Did you guys um, finish MCU? Huh? Did you guys finish MCU? No, we we literally watched. Iron Man and Captain America and Captain Marvel and that was it we, we didn't do anything else Chloe and I have been watching by release date we just watched Doctor Strange and now we're on Homecoming oh yeah cool yeah I don't I, I it's the almost like the most reference movie for like like the standard of film in recent years, you know? Like I hear more people talk about The Dark Knight as like the the movie of movies or something. You know, like it's when people talk about like, oh, it's every so often you get a Dark Knight. It's like for some reason The Dark Knight is like the movie that I hear people talk about the most on like podcasts or in talking with you guys or with other friends or whatever, like I feel like Dark Knight is, I don't know, like 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 a, almost like it's like the most obvious choice of like one of the greatest movies of all time. For some reason, I've been like just dying to rewatch it again, but I don't want to watch it until I watch Batman Begins again, mm-hmm. and I want to like take in that whole trilogy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's really Dark Knight is a movie we could talk all day and night on, yeah. and I think we've done a Nolan. Yeah, we did the uh-huh. Nolan episode, and we definitely dug a lot into this. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we've talked about it before on like superhero episodes for sure. And yeah, I mean it's amazing. The, yeah, for sure. The, the the thing about the Nolan movies is like I, if I'm gonna watch them, I'm gonna watch all of them, and I have to like plan it out and make it like a mini event to watch it. I so it's hard to like. For that rewatchability thing because it, it's you got to watch all of them or yeah yeah or, or don't or at least the first and Dark Knight yeah so, well so it, it's it's really hard for the rewatchability factor but it's 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 a fantastic movie for sure I think the only thing that's too bad about it is that it really overshadows Batman Begins which is a two thousands movie I'm not sure it's gonna make anyone's top ten list it's in my honorable mentions but. Like, that movie also is very good. And I didn't see that movie for a while after seeing The Dark Knight. I think everyone only really saw The Dark Knight first, or maybe only saw The Dark Knight. And, uh, I don't know, Batman Begins is a really good movie. Like, a very well-told hero's journey movie with Batman in it. Uh, but yeah, The Dark Knight does pretty much everything better. Nearly, yeah. nearly everything better, and... Uh, like you said, though, like how it influenced, like, you know, people's opinions on movies or talking about movies, like it influenced other movies. Like it was like the reason James Bond was able to do Skyfall. They pretty much ripped off what the Dark Knight did. That's what like the creators were talking about, how they were so influenced by the Dark Knight. And you can see its influence in like different villains that have been done since then, like 
doing a lot of what the Joker Heath Ledger did and um, even like other random movies like uh, heist or mob movies like uh, if you watch like the town like don't tell me like you don't see like a lot of influence from the Dark Knight in the town or like in other Ben Affleck movies that he's done because yeah that movie's just like it's funny that like a comic book movie with Batman somehow influenced so many different genres and franchises after the fact I mean, even every every performance in it is insanely... It, it's as iconic as, like, the story itself, you know? I think the only the only part that sometimes catches me off guard, and then, like, I guess the only casting choice I really don't... I don't like... Uh, who, who plays Rachel? Maggie Gyllenhaal. Dark. Yeah. With Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I like Maggie Gyllenhaal, but I really I don't like her as Rachel Dawes, or at least like maybe it's that whole Christopher Nolan can't direct women thing, you know? Yeah. That's the only part that really takes me out of the movie for some reason. I feel like everything else is super strong, but then her scenes feel very like I don't believe it, you know? Like I don't believe that she is that person. I don't know. Like I believe whoever it was in, in Batman Begins more. But I, I just I don't for some reason I just she doesn't. She's different than anyone else's performance. I don't know what it is, but otherwise, I can't really complain about any character in the movie. So. The only thing I don't like about it is I don't like the dog arc. I don't like that Batman gets attacked by dog. Dog hurts Batman. Batman says, "I need better armor to fight dog." can defeat dogs later before defeating Joker. I'm like, I'm glad we completed the dog arc. No, I'm ki- <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Like, I actually, I don't care about that, but I always thought that was kind of really random. Like that's like brought up a lot where he's like, he's like, I, I can it, can it get through dogs? I gotta make sure this armor doesn't, you know, get penetrated by dogs. And like Morgan Freeman doesn't even try to improve the armor because he was like, it'll do fine against a cat. But he's like, didn't improve it for the dogs because then the dogs attack him later at like towards the end of the movie. And then Batman's like, oh, the dog. And then he like throws him off the ledge. So I'm like, so wait, the armor, like literally the only thing that could defeat Batman apparently is a dog. (laughs) Like, I don't know. There's just some weird arc going on there where I was like, is the third Batman movie going to have some like dog villain I don't know about from the comics that's going to be like. He's like, oh, I can't, I can't take him on. He's too strong. <laughs> Bane, Bane is a dog. <laughs> um, all right, uh, my number five is uh, Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Great war movie, and I think we you, we talked about this during the Tarantino episode. But I was like, just the fact that the like movie is basically two narratives where they both basically have the same plan which is to kill Hitler at this movie theater and somehow yeah. both of their plans simultaneously work which is like <laughs> I, I would love it's funny that like Brad Pitt and uh, Ryan Howard from The Office <laughs> BJ Novak it's kind of funny yeah. that they drive off with Christoph Waltz at the end and they don't really reference what happened at the movie theater because I don't even know if they realized the plan did in fact work because 
they pretty much have so. yeah because they pretty much have Christoph Waltz there to sell everyone out anyway and I think they're kind of banking on that I think they assume the plan worked but I don't think they saw it happening but I always thought it'd be funny if like they were talking about the plan afterwards like they're like you know I, I see that the bombs went off and you know they shot Hitler but like what was how did the doors why did the fire start like why I, it'd be funny if they started talking about like the fire they're like why was there a fire suddenly starting in the back of the movie theater they're like who was that lady on the movie theater screen they're like was that was that us because <laughs> it's weird like what if the movie theater lady um lady like survived and she actually got out of the theater and then she was like talking about it after the fact uh with that like helper that um started the fire for her like what if they were at like a diner at the end of the movie and she was and he was like hey did you did you bring all those guns there to start shooting everybody and she's like no i don't know who they were (laughs) yeah because it's just weird those they they never interact yet they both had the exact same plan the same location and it all turns out like the craziest mess of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Yeah. Well, my list is wrong. <laughs> it is one of the most influential movies on us, like currently. <laughs> just like in our. We quote in our it lives. every single day. <laughs> so it's hard not to keep it on, on my list. Um but it, it's the whole the whole movie is just laughter between us. It's mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. I don't know. It's like our movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have a movie. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's kind of funny that, like, the Grinch rose from the ashes because of our generation's love for that movie. And, <laughs> and then the next generation put it back in the fire. <laughs> well, they decided to make not only the animated remake, but that, like, musical with the guy from Glee, which was awful. I don't know if you guys even knew that existed. It was, it aired, like, this past Christmas. It was awful. Um,. But I thought it was funny that they made a remake because the remake wasn't that, like, it didn't make a lot of money and it didn't get the greatest reviews. And I thought it was funny because I'm like, yeah, you made the movie at the wrong time because people hated the live action Grinch until we grew up and we're like, this movie's actually great. And Jim Carrey's great. He actually gives an awesome performance in the movie. Yeah, he was tortured <laughs> the whole time. I think he actually had to have like he had to Navy have like a Navy SEAL train him how to withstand torture or something because Ooh. the suit was so itchy. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> he also took up smoking. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, because of that movie? Yeah. Oh, geez, really? To de stress, yeah. You'll see, like, set photos of him smoking in, like, the Grinch costume. <laughs> they should have just added that to the character. <laughs> He's just a smoker. Yeah. He's who's. <laughs> well, my number five is the Lion King one and a half. <laughs> this is, like, my favorite Disney movie ever, I think. It's so good. Thank you, Uncle Max. <laughs> 
And it's it's like the dumbest Disney movie ever, but it's my favorite. Good movie. Dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel, dig a tunnel, never get done. Catchiest song ever, though. <laughs> All we do is dig so we can hide and hide so we can dig. Dig! <laughs> I probably haven't seen that movie since I was like eight. Oh, you need to rewatch it. It's It holds up. It's still very good. I've watched it in recent years. It's good. Mm. I'm going to the big pointy rock. Um, my number four is Old Brother, Where Art Thou? From Joel Cohen. Have you guys all? Have you guys all seen it? Oh yeah. Um. If Fargo is my favorite, this is my... Well, I guess, I don't know. Maybe... I want to say it's my second favorite Coen Brothers movie, but I guess Big Lebowski is probably tied with it. So, um, But, no, I, 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 I'll confidently say Oh Brother Right There was my second favorite, and Big Lebowski is my third. Um, do, do you, Zach and Chloe, do you guys know anything about Oh Brother Right There? Have you, do you guys, like, in school read, like, the Odyssey and the Iliad at all? No, but I know the basic premise of it. Yeah. It's like a, was it 19, I want to say, like, 30s, like, Prohibition era type um, just movie about the South and these three escape, you know, like, convicts, and they're just kind of making their way across. Um... 1930s or Great Depression, you know, America and stuff that happens. Yeah, it just happens to kind of you know align with. I don't know if it's the Odyssey or the Iliad or both of them or whatever, but um, it is a freaking good movie. Like even if you're not like paying attention off for all like the Greek mythology stuff in it, like just as a movie, it's fantastic. But with that stuff layered on, it's so it's like watching comic movies, huh? Is there Greek mythology stuff in it? Well, yeah, like, it's like the Odyssey or Iliad. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, a there form of like John Goodman is there, and he's he's like he's like a he is a con man with an eye patch. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's just got an eye patch on, but he's he's the Cyclops, you know, or like um instead of like them landing, you know, in whatever book it is, they land on an island with the like sirens who like. Mm-hmm turn them into animals or something like that. Um, there's a part where they come across um, women that are, like, singing, and then, like, they either fall asleep or something happens. They wake up, and then, like, one of them is a frog, or they think that he's a frog now, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> it's, really, it's really weird, and but it's, it's oh. so good. Um, if you like Coen Brothers movies, it's it's really, really good. It, like, The Big Lebowski is, like, I don't know, maybe, like, their most prolific movie, but this, I would argue, is the same amount, so. Even even just, like, as a period piece, it's fantastic as a period piece. Um, I love it. This is one of so. the first movies to use, like, digital coloring for their movie um, to change the color of the film itself, so, like they gave it that 
kind of sepia tone look to it. That was one of the first movies to do that, where they really messed with the color tones in the computer. Um, I know that about this movie is really awesome. We watched this in English class when we did a subject on the Odyssey. I think it is the Odyssey because I think the Odyssey was the section where they're um, headed home, and I think the Iliad is the one where they're traveling to wherever they're going. I think the Odyssey is the one where they're headed home, and yeah. I think that's what it's mostly um, doing. But also, the movie like pays tribute to a lot of uh, 30s iconography and movies also like movies that came out in the 30s and if you like folk country music there's a lot of that in this as well but it's very it's very good like this soundtrack also won like a ton of Grammys so I don't know I I feel bad like this movie as far as like the Coen brothers go it's not I don't think it's talked about nearly as much as like Raising Arizona or Fargo or, you know, now no country for old men. It seems like people kind of go for those ones. But this one, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of effort and detail in this one. Almost Mm -hmm. like to me, I feel like is it's also one of their most like straightforward stories where it's not it's not very Cohen-esque with the storytelling. It's very it's straightforward, but it does have a lot of those weird in between moments that. It's funny, only like something like the Odyssey does have where it's just these kind of random um as you go along there's these random moments that happen and then it, it does really perfectly tie in with how the Coen brothers usually tell their stories, but yet there is like a linear narrative. There is like beginning and middle and end and there is like a, a pretty much a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I think it they have a lot of movies like Burn After Reading or like Hail Caesar where they're like good movies but they're really weird and kind of all over the place. And this feels like those but it, like you said, it's the most straightforward and easy to follow but still has the interesting parts that those other movies have or like a serious man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really, really good and I, I don't have it and that's another one I've been meaning to watch recently. Yeah, I realized that I think the only time I had seen it was in school on Mr. Harold's like uh, DVD of that was going on the smart screen or whatever. So I actually got the Blu-ray recently and rewatched it just because I'm like I've never seen it in higher quality and I really want to mm-hmm. appreciate the color, you know, because they did a lot of that. Like I said, it was one of the first movies they actually did the color timing in the computer to really mess with it to make it have like a sepia tone look and. Um. Yeah, it looks good. It's such a good-looking movie still today. Yeah, they talk about like, like they're so chill about like the, like the KKK is in it, and they like, there's like people who are in the KKK and they're like so chill and like everyone knows who's in the KKK and like, yeah. it's it's kind of like a little bit like that scene from uh, Django where they're riding in, but they're like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's good. I freaking love it. Recommend it. You guys should watch it. All right. We are at, uh, we're at number four. <laughs> uh, my number four is Hot Fuzz. Um, this is, nice. yeah, this is probably, um, I don't know. I, I think, and I think we've talked about this on maybe my favorite movies list before. Um, but I, I this might be my favorite Edgar Wright movie, but I really do like The World's End, but that was released in 2013, so doesn't count for this decade. Uh, 
and I like Shaun of the Dead as well, but this is like it's pretty much every cop movie ever, and it could just be straight up satirical parody of every cop movie and every single trope you see in cop movies, but also it just ends up being a really, really good cop movie. And um I don't know. This is such a well written movie with so many little details that are filled within like there is so much attention to detail in this movie. And what's funny about it is that for how much attention to detail to the movie that there is, it's kind of funny that the whole mystery of it is almost kind of pointless. Like, there is actually this weird mystery that Nicholas Angel is figuring out throughout it all, where it's like, this person has a connection to this person. There's this whole thing about a house being sold, and... um something going on with these other characters and money and there's all this different things like that he's connecting the dots to and there almost is like a mystery there there probably actually is something going on there but in the end it's like no we're just a secret society that kills people and it's like it's almost mm-hmm. like he's screwing with you like f you f you for you know digging into the detail i was providing nope they're just a secret society that's killing for the great of good and um and there, I don't know, like, you can watch, like, videos on YouTube where people really dig into all the details. Like, another thing that's hilarious about it is that Nicholas Angel is so good at his job. Um, he doesn't kill anybody. Nobody, he, only one person gets killed, and it's actually their act, their fault, and they land, uh, they fall on that landmine that's in the... Uh, the office that they keep all the weapons. So that guy dies. But other than that, Nicholas Angel during like the final battle doesn't kill anybody. He wounds everyone, but he does not kill anybody. And in the end, he has to process all the paperwork, which apparently um, police officers, like actual police officers have watched this movie. And they said, that is why we love this movie because they show that part where you do all the paperwork because that part sucks, but they show it and do it like almost like an action montage where they're just writing people's names and doing the <laughs> mug shots. And they're like, cause that's the part all the cop movies always miss is that there's going to be a ton of paperwork and Nicholas angel loves doing it. <laughs> I think, I think everybody okay. guessed that this was going to be on my list. I, I couldn't decide if this one or Shaun of the Dead was going to be the one. I, I couldn't remember which one you said you liked more, so I'm glad I picked this one. <laughs> Once oh. I, I, I probably would have if I thought about it, but I panicked and put Wally <laughs> instead of PlayStation. <laughs> um, but my number four is Murder Party. And yes. We talked about it extensively, so we don't really have to go mm-hmm. into it. We got to do a whole episode someday. Who's number four? My number four is Juno. Oh. Cool. Yeah. It's another movie I watched with my mom a lot growing up. All I remember about that is Orange Tic Tacs. <laughs> I've still never seen Juno. It's really good. I want, I want to. I, is it a comedy? Kind of. Or is it like is it one of those like just cute movies where it's like funny, but it's just like a feel good movie, or is it sad? Or I don't think it's a feel good movie. I think it's like a it's like a weird, serious Scott Pilgrim feeling movie. You're and just not, saying that because no, I was gonna say not just because uh, Michael Sarah's in it, but it it does kind of feel like like that awkward feeling. I don't. I don't know how it's. It's quirky. It's, it's a quirky movie. movie. Yeah. Is it kind of like like Five Hundred Days of Summer? That's how I kind of maybe picture it. Yeah. 
not the same it's editing not. style, but it it's kind of it's quirky like that with quirky characters. Actually, it's a it's kind of I don't know. I feel like it's a little closer to Napoleon Dynamite than anything. Not the same kind yeah. of humor, but it's like yeah. it's that it kind of tells the story that way. Um, but this is like a more serious subject matter. I think like in two thousand seven, especially, it worked better because um, there seemed to be so much publicity around like younger celebrities who were getting pregnant. You know, there, this was like when <sighs> Jamie Lynn Spears was pregnant and uh, the one, the Sarah Palin's daughter got pregnant. So there was like a lot of like a lot of publicity around like teenage pregnancies. The, the show Teen Mom premiered. So it was like becoming a subject of like, oh, like these teenagers are becoming pregnant. And this movie came along and just dealt with it in a very like straightforward manner. And yeah. I also feel like this is the movie that kind of solidified all of these actors kind of like stereotypical kind of roles like um, Elliot Page like they are uh, like the dry kind of sarcastic person Michael Sarah's just the awkward like geeky guy Jason Bateman's kind of just like the straight white man kind of like I don't want to say boring, but like the the plain serious guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. With like a twist, um, yeah. It, it all just kind of seems like it's it's their stereotypical roles. Yeah, this is kind of the first movie that had them do all that. Have you guys seen Super? Yes. Yeah. That's like a weird one. That like from everything I've seen from Elliot Page is like that's. I don't know. They're 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 most completely different role from everything else that they've done. Like, because like you said, like like being kind of like dry and you know, like in X Men, you know, it, you know, uh, with Kitty Pride is that I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the X Men, you know, still like dry and all that and like Juno, but super, it's I don't know, their performance is way different than anything else that I've seen them in before, but I don't know. Chloe, did you say this is one you watched with your mom? Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Yep, including the awkward sex scene. No, I just, I didn't know if she, like, showed it to you as, like, one of those movies, like, don't let this happen. Like, I'm going to show you this movie quick, and it was, like, a, almost like a PSA kind of movie. (laughs) No, I think it's just, it was early 2000s, or not early mid 2000s comedies that like she was like oh you're eight years old we can totally watch this together. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an inappropriate movie i mean it that, obviously yeah. it, it talks about sex and someone gets pregnant and then they talk about it in like a very straightforward manner but it's not like i i remember when i saw it i thought it would be like the judd apatow movies that were coming out at the time probably because of michael Sarah who was in Superbad the same year. I guess I made the connection, but yeah, it's it wasn't like that at all. I mean, now that I know what Jason Reitman is. Dude, this movie was nominated for Best Picture, so like, this was like a big deal at the time. And uh, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but yeah, I always remember really liking it. Um, my number three movie is Borat. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we just talked about Borat a lot yeah. recently. But man, that movie is brilliant. 
And it's even, it feels weird even calling it a movie, but it, like, absolutely is. And that's kind of, like, why I like that it, it, like, it genuinely is high on my list because of how much I like it. But I like that, for me, it it's a part of the 2000s that, I mean, for the, the you know, the period that it's set in, like, 2006, like, it captures 2006 America really, really, really well. And um, it's the funniest movie I've ever seen. I don't know. It's like Hot Rod was it for me. This one is my number one though. This Borat. Mm-hmm. So. I have to watch oh. it again. It's been a while. Um, the the second one's more recent in my memory at the moment, but Ooh. first one is still very yeah. Obviously, like the more iconic of the bunch. Yeah, we just watched Bruno. Um, <laughs> and that movie is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I never got through all of it. It's um it's worth getting through. There's no shortage of shock factor in it. Uh, I, I don't think it's as funny and like magical that Borat is. Mm-hmm. Um but uh it does a lot of the same thing, only it kind of points the finger more at Hollywood rather than the, the normal racist American that Borat does. <laughs> uh, and I, I love how much they make fun of celebrities in Bruno. You know, they, they make... Um, who's the American Idol host? Uh, that Simon? No, the girl. Um, uh, Paula Abdul? Yeah, Paula Abdul. They, they, like, make her... They invite her to come over and talk about her, like, interest in, like, humanitarian work. But the whole interview, they make her sit on a Mexican <laughs> as a chair. <laughs> and, and she's, like, sitting on, like, like, Bruno's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, our furniture. And it's just, like, the pool workers that he had outside, he's brought him in and made them, like, go on their hands <laughs> and knees. And then Paul Abdul shows up. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, just sit down. And so she sits on this poor man. And then he's like, so tell me about your humanitarian work. And he's like, my whole life, I live and breathe charity and all this stuff and like <laughs> literally sitting on a person like mm-hmm. yeah. and she finally leaves and they roll in like they roll in that oh it's time for 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 lunch and they roll in a guy laying on a, <laughs> on a some kind of a cart and it's like a, he's naked but he's like covered in sushi <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's, it's like gonna eat off of this guy and then finally like she doesn't say anything, but then like her her manager steps in and is like, "No, we're leaving. We got it. We can't do this." <laughs> um, but man, that's so good. There's a scene where he like goes and meets with an actual terrorist leader, and they get <laughs> like he actually meets with a guy who's like a leader in an actual terrorist organization. Like, and this is like during the time like where like Al Qaeda was still a thing, and like. Um, you know, what, what, 2008 or 2009, I think, is mm-hmm. when Bruno came out. So, like, would have been... When did... When did uh, when was Bin Laden assassinated? Uh, 2011. So this is before that, yeah. Yeah. But, it, like, he... They go... I don't know what country they go to, but, like, they're walking around some heavily Jewish community, and he's, like, dressing, like... <laughs> In normal and like, like act like like Jewish like traditional 
like attire, but like it's all short shorts version of it, and it's like his fashion version, <laughs> and like people start chasing him and yelling at him in this other country, and like he like adopts a, a black child on his way back to the states and names him OJ, and like does all this, <laughs> and he and he's like he's referencing like oh well if if Angela and Jolie can do it, I can, you know, and like <laughs> he's right, you know, like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's worth the watch, but it's 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 like ten times as shocking in some parts than Borat is. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he's funny. Ali G, is there like Ali G movie or I, something? I don't think they ever made an Ali G movie. I think it was just okay. a TV show. Okay, I haven't seen anything Ali G yet, but. Borat, even though I talked about Bruno. For... <laughs> right. <laughs> nah, I got I got to watch Bruno. I got to watch that and The Dictator. I haven't seen his other movies really. Um, but yeah, just watch The Dictator. Is that one? Good too. Is that one? Is that one? That one's not mockumentary, is it? No, that one's like actual. I don't know movie. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Filmed like a movie is. It's a lot. A big chunk of The Dictator. He's like. He's working in a like a co-op store or like some like a feminist co-op, and but he's like the dictator, and so he's like he keeps calling uh shoot what's her name um what do you guys just say her name the the girl is married to Chris Pratt for a while Anna Ferris Anna Ferris she's in it but she plays like this like a feminist co-op manager and so she's like. She's got short hair and she dresses like a hipster at a co-op now. And uh, the dictator keeps calling her like a little boy the whole time. Mm. He's just super mean to her the whole time. I don't know. Dictator, it's worth it. So check it out if you haven't. All right. Uh, My number three is The Dark Knight. We kind of talked about it already. So... um... Don't really have to add much to that. Refer to what we said during the earlier presentation of it and during our Nolan episode. But yes, great movie. Um, Great long movie that doesn't feel long at all. Uh, Yeah, my number three is School of Rock. It's kind of the same boat. (laughs) We kind of went over it. Um, I, I, yeah. Does anyone else have anything to add for School of Rock unless someone else has it on the list? <laughs> My number three is Napoleon Dynamite. Nice. That's really high up on your list. I love this movie. <laughs> I quote it all the time. What's your favorite quote from the movie? Your mom goes to college. Otherwise, <laughs> 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 like, you ripped my mole off. <laughs> I have to rewatch this movie. Same piece. Mm-hmm. That was like, like School of Rock era, like quoting in high school movie. Like, yeah, I probably School of Rock in in middle school. Uh, what was that one quote where it's like, "Are you 
not eating because you because you think you're fat oh are you drinking one percent because you think you're fat because you're not you could be drinking whole milk if you wanted to (laughs) (laughs) you know what i do remember about that is when everyone would talk about it um they'd always be like oh that movie like it's literally about nothing but it's like so funny but it there's like it doesn't nothing's like going on like it's literally about nothing it was funny because i think that was like the first time people had to literally comprehend that a movie could be good if it doesn't necessarily have a normal narrative storyline like that was their like first Mm -hmm. experience with something like that and you know at the time i was always like i i had never seen it so i was always like yeah uh, i guess i gotta check it out it sounds pretty pointless but all these years later, it's funny because I'm like, yeah, that was like everyone's first experience with a movie that doesn't like, and that's kind of common in movies. But you know, that was the first time someone really, you know, people really ran into that on a huge scale. Yeah, it has like two climaxes in it, like the part where, like the prom, like prom or homecoming or whatever it is. I think it's prom. That is like a whole climax arc of its own, and then the movie like starts again and then it's the class president race is like the next like there's it's like weirdly two climaxes of the movie but like i said it's kind of not super linear but it is does pedro win in the end (laughs) i think so yeah because they throw him a party at the very end you see there's a scene where like his family Throws him a party that he won. All right. Good for him. He's got the wig on. I got to watch it again. (laughs) It's been been at least 10 years or more. Maybe whenever it came out. It's been a long time. I want to rewatch Gentleman Broncos. Oh, my number two is Children of Men. Um, I know. (laughs) Talked about this movie. A lot on this, and we still haven't all seen it. I don't know what I can say more without giving it away that I haven't already told you guys. Um, but I, I think it's a fantastic movie, and uh, I don't know. It, it's one of the movies I think is a masterpiece. That to me, in my opinion, I think it's like a, a genuine masterpiece in filmmaking and in like whether it's storytelling, acting, and like you know the production side of it i think it's just a fantastic movie what it says about the world and it's got cool sci-fi-ish elements to it and brilliant um socio-political commentary it's a really really good movie and i promise we'll watch it guys <laughs> So, I mean, I don't got COVID anymore. I'm safe. So, if you guys want to come over and watch it, I'm cool with it. But it's up to you. Just because you had it doesn't mean you can't spread it. It's true. It's true. But you guys haven't seen Children of Men. So. Hopefully we can get our vaccine soon. Yeah. Yeah, you want to steal me one? Yeah. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) We could do our own heist. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dude, the COVID heist. That would be a great movie. That's the only movie I want to see come out of this pandemic. I, I am already not looking forward to all the COVID-based movies. Okay, okay, hear me out. We can 
We can do our own docu documentary movie and call it the COVID. I don't know, COVID heist or the COVID code. <laughs> the code of it. <laughs> the only thing I've heard so far about someone doing a COVID, like putting COVID in their whatever they're making, is Kevin Smith. I thought he was talking about doing Mallrats 2 or something and having COVID be like a big theme in it. Yeah. No, there's been like, there's already been like TV shows that have slightly referenced that the pandemic's going on. So I think that's all he meant was maybe referencing it. But like, you know, like in helping, because that movie takes place in the mall and that was a big part of it that malls are dying. And then like COVID was like the final nail in the coffin for so many malls and stores like that. So I could probably get that. Well, there was there's a movie that was uploaded, uploaded. It was, it's on HBO Max streaming. I mean, I guess it was uploaded. It's got like Anne Hathaway in it, and it is a movie about. Uh, it, it's about COVID, pretty much, where they're like separated, and uh, I forget exactly what the name of it was, but it was something like that. It was like a romance movie, but they're separated. They can't be together because of a pandemic, and they um they also have like this horror movie I heard about where it was like the, the premise or it was, it, maybe it was a thriller, but the premise was like, people are like locked it within their homes and someone was like, someone was like breaking into their home or they, they had to like escape their home because people were breaking in, but you're not supposed to escape or something like that. It, I forgot exactly what that movie was called, but um, that was another one that they made similar to it. And they got a movie right now that has uh that's on Netflix with Zendaya and that one, I believe, was made during the pandemic. Um, I don't think it's about the pandemic. It might be, but I know it was made during the pandemic. So, like, that's been a thing where, like, they've gotten, like, filmmakers together, uh, done, like, the two-week waiting period, and then they, like, only hung with each other and made a movie. So, um, I just don't want to see, like, ugh, you know, I don't want to see, like, the Titanic, uh, but COVID-style, you know, basically like that Anne Hathaway movie where... Oh, we have to live in separate buildings, and we are in love, but the pandemic. And then they finally break protocol, and then they spread the disease, and one of them dies. I don't know. I don't I don't want to see that. And it's going to happen, I feel like. Um, I can move on to my list. <laughs> um, my number two is The Incredibles. Uh, the best Fantastic Four movie ever made, and the best, uh, one of the best Pixar movies, and one of the best superhero movies. Uh, might actually be up there as one of, them, if if not the best. I have it above Spider Man too, so I this probably is the best superhero movie. Um, it's very entertaining, uh, amazing music, amazing visuals. Um, real cool that they decided to just make an animated movie with superheroes and. Uh, still have the really cartoony appearances of everybody with the character designs and the movements, but also be taken serious as like a legit, um, you know, like enthralling superhero flick. What I think is cool is that the villain who is kind of silly, I think he's actually a little more, um, relevant nowadays because it's basically a super fan that takes it way too far. And, is like one slight against him has like ruined his entire life and he's like super obsessed and I'm like wow that 
in like the age of Twitter and social media and the way people become like addicted to celebrities or, um, you know, uh, become obsessed. I'm like, wow, that almost reigns more true nowadays than it did in 2004. Um, but I think it's so awesome that that villain is like technically terrifying because I'm like, he actually kills a lot of people. He kills a ton of people. Like he's probably got the biggest kill roster of any villain of any comic book movie ever made. I mean, I, I guess this isn't a comic book movie. It's just more just a superhero movie, but still like he kills a ton of people. And that is one of the best scenes in this movie. Um, when he's at that computer and seeing all those people that were killed and then one of the robots was beaten and then they built something even better and they killed the next guy and Mr. Incredible realizing that, Oh my God, everybody, everybody's dead. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it just works, I think on so many levels because it is a family movie, but there's also so many different levels of being just, um, relating to the characters. Cause I think when you're a teenager, you probably do relate a little more to Violet and, uh, everything she's kind of going through with being a little bit awkward and wanting to hide herself. And literally that is her superpower. And then you maybe do relate a little more to Mr. Incredible as you get older and you start kind of looking back on the past and how do you reinvigorate the past? And, um, is there really ever a way to get back? Or, or you relate to Jack Jack because I too like to completely change my body based on my personality. <laughs> nah, it's it's a it's a great movie, and I'm sure. I, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but yeah, this is seriously one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my number two is Shrek, the first one. Um, I I think it's one of the most creative kids movies of our generation. They they're, they're really witty with their humor, and uh, I just like how it's a big f you to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but because <laughs> like no one thought it would work, be uh, um, making fun of all of the Disney properties, um, and, and it's hilarious. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. It's good. My number two is The Descent. Good. Which I think I've talked, I've definitely talked you, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's good though. Mm-hmm. It's probably better, guys. Yeah, it's it's a horror movie that I think is held up really well for how old it is now. I guess. And I've watched it so many times over the years, and it never lets me down. I forget. Did we talk about that there's, like, a second one? Mm-hmm, and it sucks. <laughs> What's it about? I don't... I, I know, like... I don't I remember talking about it. Yeah, is it, it about, is about, like, cave diving and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, this team, okay. or this group of friends, goes into a, in an unexplored cave because they want to... They want to explore it and then get it named after themselves. That's the general premise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I I've seen the cave, 
and I think it looks so similar to The Descent that I never that I always think like, oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, the, the uh, like, really yeah, I get it mixed up with the ruins also, which is way different. But yeah, the descent. Okay, have you seen it, Justin? No, I think that should be another one for creepy corner. I don't mean to throw all your favorite movies in the creepy corner, but we gotta have an excuse to finally watch them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we're at we're at number one now. So if uh real quickly, if everyone wants to just go through some honorable mentions, I don't I don't think there's any restrictions with this. Um I just listed a bunch. Um I know Hunter, you said you had three. Originally I just had three and then I added a couple more, but we've talked about those. I guess three couple I guess that we didn't really talk about a bunch. A, a bunch. A, <laughs> that I like bunch, whatever I'm saying. Uh Re- Requiem for a Dream, which I think someone said that. I thought that would be in my top ten. I just barely missed it. Um, but I really like Requiem for a Dream. Anything from Aronofsky I really like. Um, and uh, District 9. Have you guys seen District 9? I don't know that, that. The only time I've ever seen that was at your house. That Really? Back, what was it, like a birthday party or something? Or we were chilling one night with some friends. That's the only time I've ever seen it. That is, if I would revisit it again if I were you. It's... It's it's weird. It's like the only movie, like, I, I want to say it's like one of the only movies that, like, the opening, like, the first thing you see, like, when it comes out of black for the movie is, I think it says, produced by Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's, like, District 9. Or, like, Peter Jackson presents, I think, District 9 is what it is. But he had nothing else to do with the movie, really. Right, like, his name's bigger and more important than the director or screenwriter. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, no, have you you guys seen it, Zach and Chloe? Have you guys seen District 9? I saw it when it came out. I don't remember anything about it, really. Okay. It's really good. It's, It's, like, a kind of, like, a documentary style in a little bit. But it's not straightforward, either. Um... But uh, it doesn't take you out of the movie either. It's just really, really good movie about, especially like today, you know, the way that, you know, we today talk about like immigration and stuff. It's like immigration through the lens of like aliens, like actual aliens, not illegal aliens or something like that. You know, like actual aliens that live in a, you know, some kind of a state where people are like, how do we, you know... it's kind of a comment on like immigration and classism. Yeah. Kinda. yeah. Yeah. Big time. And but then it's also a super cool sci fi movie on top of it too, so it's like that dual. And it's like the same reasons I like District Nine are the same reasons I like Children of Men. Yeah. Um those are like the only two I think that I was gonna mention. Like Hot Rod, Spider Man Two, Kill Bill. Um, those are great, but uh yeah. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, let me... I have a, quite a few, so I'm just going to rattle them off. Um, and if you guys want to talk about any of them, just let me know. Uh, I got Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Scooby-Doo, Without a Paddle, Wet Hot American Summer, Zombieland, Accepted, uh, Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., Pirates of Caribbean, any of them, really. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, those are all great movies. I love them all. Most of them are comedies. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you may you may be the only person on the planet who remembers without a paddle, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I it. that was like one of the only movie or not only a movie that we had on VHS. I don't think my mom knew we had. Yeah. <laughs> if my mom knew we had had it, she wouldn't have let me watch it. Toss it, yeah. It, it's it's always like that that I always wanted to go on a trip like that with friends, even though even though it goes terribly wrong in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, me too. Yeah. It's a good one. And accepted. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Accepted with Jason Jason Law. That's mm-hmm. one. I've heard of it, yeah, but I've never seen the whole thing. Uh, it was one of my favorite comedies I'd always go back to when I was younger. Um, basically, this guy graduated high school, can't get into he he can't get accepted to any college because he's kind of he kind of just uh, skimmed through high school, and um, so he creates with the help of Jonah Hill, he creates. <laughs> Uh, a fake college like they make a fake website they rent a fake space which is like an old abandoned hospital and they basically trick their parents into thinking like they're going to this school but really it's they're not and then other people start to hear about it and they all get accepted to it and yeah it's a good movie um I have five honorable mentions um daybreakers which is about vampires it's good uh trick or treat scooby-doo white chicks and american psycho it's a great movie i couldn't decide between american psycho and trick or treat for you chloe those are the well both would have been i almost put on donnie darko i don't that was another one i was i don't know if you'd ever talked about it but um, I, I just listed a bunch off, um, 500 Days of Summer, Pineapple Express, Murder Party, Wally, Up, Batman Begins, uh, Catch Me If You Can, Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Iron Man, and, uh, the Disney documentary, Waking Sleeping Beauty, um, which, I don't know, these are all, I don't know, all these movies I watch, like, a lot, I've seen many times, but yeah, it's just a difficult decade. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot about Pirates of the Caribbean. That probably would have made my list. Now I'm thinking about. Yeah, I really like all the original trilogy, and even like the third movie. I might even like. I almost have more of a liking for that one versus the other two, just because I've watched it probably the most. That's one of those movies where. I watched it so much, I understand it better than, like, anybody. <laughs> so, like, yeah. when people will start talking bad about it, and they're like, oh, it's so confusing, it's such a mess, I, like, I like understand it too well. So I'm like, I get past the confusion, and I'm like, see, it's a great movie, and this is this, and this is that. <laughs> yeah. It's good. We saw that as a, at a birthday party for you, man, in the theater. Yeah, all the time. And we all had to piss our pants the whole time, so... It was so long. That was a good movie memory. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number one, everybody. At the same time. Everybody's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My number one is The Prestige, Uh, which, you know, 
anyone listening can check out our Nolan episode to hear me rant about it more on there. But man, this is has everything I like. It has the Nolan filmmaking parts. Got brilliant actors in it. I love a good period piece. I love science fiction. I like. Um, it's almost like a noir type movie. Um, it just has a little bit of everything. I just absolutely love all in one. And David Bowie, all in one movie, and Andy Serkis. <laughs> um, and uh, recommend it for anyone who likes Nolan movies, who likes, um, you know, Victorian England, who likes anything like that type stuff, magicians. It's good. Zach, congratulations. You guessed a movie, three movies from Hunter's List. Three for three. Did you get all three of them? I think, yeah, because it was Watchmen, Prestige, and The, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, my number one movie is uh, Hot Rod, which I think hey. everyone pretty much knows because that is like my favorite movie of all time. Uh, so, oh, and and because of that, uh, Chloe and Hunter, you got all three. You got three of my movies, and they were all in the top five. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you got major points from that. Um, but yeah, love Hot Rod. We kind of talked about it already. It's like, I quote the crap out of it. You know what's cool yeah. is um, I uh, I loved The Lonely Island as a kid. I, I, I was a big, I was an avid SNL watcher as even a little boy I was. And I very much knew a lot about The Lonely Island. And I knew that this movie came out, but I never was able to see it. And I never knew if it existed because this was like pre-internet days, and uh, or at least in Floodwood there wasn't internet. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I uh, I finally found it at a blockbuster, like in the DVD aisle, like for sale. So I just straight up bought it because it's like, oh, I will probably love this movie. And yeah, from there it became my favorite movie of all time. I've seen it so many freaking times, and it was always weird because you Hunter was always the only one who knew anything about this movie. I'm like, everybody else had never seen it, knew nothing about it. I would like show people it and people would love it because of that. And now in recent years, because of like Netflix, the movie has gained a huge cult following. I think Andy Samberg becoming more popular has helped as well. And I think the coolest thing is the fact that at the time, uh, the reviews weren't even like that great. They they were just kind of like for any normal comedy like that they were it, they weren't great reviews but Letterbox like if you go on Letterbox this movie has such a love and appreciation now like you go through the reviews they're like all five star reviews like everybody digs this movie now and I was Ooh. like it only took ten years but people finally yeah. get it like yes yeah. this movie. And it's going to age perfectly because I'm like, there's no modern references in it. There's no, you know, jokes that are like overly inappropriate. So like they fit better in a decade where that was like a thing, but not such a thing anymore. Like this, they're just timeless jokes. And I'm like, this movie's going to like last forever because it's not it's not even from like, is it from the year 2007? I don't know. I don't know what year this takes place because there's not a cell phone in sight. The people are kind of dressing like they're the nineties. Like I don't know what decade this is. Yeah, it's kind of like like Napoleon Dynamite. Like it, it feels like it's even though the movie takes place in two thousand whatever, it looks like it could have been late eighties. Mm-hmm. 
but there's some towns like kind of like how flooded was but i'm sure like down in places like iowa or even wherever hot rod takes place they're far enough removed from where culture is really happening that their style is 10 15 years behind the trends right and it's like no this movie is in the early 2000s but everyone looks like they're dressed for 1989 you know right or like Um, hot rod 90s or something but it's later 2000s that's happening i've actually i've looked this up i believe the movie was filmed mostly in uh toronto i want to say hmm. either, either toronto or vancouver i always get that confused but yeah it was mostly filmed in canada but i think it is supposed to take place in washington it's like what according to whoever wrote it or it's weird this movie started out as a will ferrell movie it was going to just be written for Will Ferrell, just another like weekly Will Ferrell movie he was going to do, you know, because he did like one every year. And um, it was written by like the screenwriter who does a lot of Will Ferrell stuff. But then he passed on and did other movies. So the Lonely Island took it and just like added their own stuff. And that's why it just became what it was. And yeah, um, still amazing. And, you know, like every movie that they've done since has been like amazing. Like Pop Star was really yeah. good and Palm Springs and. Uh, some of their other stuff, like, I don't know. I just love The Lonely Island, but also this movie is very, um, I'm glad it's finally getting appreciation. Yeah, it makes me wonder what other movies we could have got if they would have took over projects, like, uh, other, like, Will Ferrell projects, like, if he didn't end up doing it. Like, if they did Anchorman. Like, Anchorman's great, mm-hmm. but I wonder what would have been like if it was Lonely Island style, you know? Right. Or something, you know? Who knows what we could have got? Or even like that horrible uh, Watson and Holmes or whatever Holmes and Watson movie. Like if something like that would have happened instead. Yeah, I feel like there's so many different types of movies that if they just did it, it would have turned out way better. But what could have been? You know, they came out. Uh, that movie came out, and they became a thing when like the Judd Apatows and the Will Ferrells were rising in popularity. So it was like they kind of just came in at the wrong time and got overshadowed, but it's finally getting appreciated. Yeah. Um, my number one is Iron Man. Um, I'm pretty sure I think it was in my top three of my top ten list when I did that one. Um, yeah, it's it, it still holds up really well to me. Um, it It's the building block to <laughs> everything we have today. Um, and Robert Down- Downey Jr. is great, and I couldn't see anyone else being Iron Man. Um, even though who, who was originally supposed to be, wasn't it like Tom Cruise or something? <laughs> I don't know if it was Tom Cruise. I remember hearing that, though, that they had some different options, but... I forgot who was it that I think it might have just been John Favreau that was really pushing for Robert Downey Jr. But I forget exactly how that story went. But cool. yeah, I can't imagine anyone else in it. Well, we've seen him in how many movies now that I don't even know how you could picture him as anyone else. Even like playing video game versions of him is weird because it's like this isn't him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Iron Man's one of those movies that when I watch it, it makes me want to be productive. 
I've thought about making this like list. Like this is like weird movies that make me want to feel like smarter and productive. Uh, this is one of them. The Big Short, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs. Like I watch these movies <laughs> over and over again because I'm like, after watching them, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go build a rocket now. I don't do that, but <laughs> I mean, it it really pumps me up. It like makes me want to feel like a smarter, dude. Because I know it's just a character, but like he's so like chill and relaxed but yet so smart and i don't know i feel like nothing was really like done like that before this movie i feel like this was i mean it's been redone so many times now right it almost doesn't feel original anymore but i feel like at the time it's it's kind of the first right um but yeah i love this i love this movie to death it's I do want to rework my MCU list. I don't think it's number one in the MCU in my like ranking of MCU anymore. Um, a couple of things have beat it out, but it's. I think it's still top three for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it's such a good movie. Well, my number one is Murder Party. <laughs> <laughs> to no one's surprise. We did an episode on it. (laughs) Wow, this is Jeremy Sonny episode. Um, But it's just great. I could watch it every day for the rest of my life and still love it, I think. Mm -hmm. Was Dark Knight on your list, Zach? It wasn't. Okay. Yeah, there were some there were some surprising turns. Like Zach did not have the Dark Knight, even though everyone guessed that it would be. And I didn't. You did not actually. You actually got every one of Zach's. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I guess I thought you would have Hunter. Thought you'd have the first Spider Man, which I kind of agreed after it was listed. Um, I was like, yeah, I thought you'd like them both equally. Um, and you also only had him. What was that? I, 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 more off, I was going more off of like what I'd be more keen to rewatch more. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said with like Dark Knight, it, it's such a good movie, but I have to watch all of them, and it has to be like an event, basically. Right. Yeah. Like there's no, I I can't like watch it every couple months or something. It's like almost once a year, maybe. <laughs> um. Hunter, did you have Inglorious Bastards in your uh, honorable mentions? I mean, in spirit, it's there, but it's okay. not. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't officially list it. I'm, I'm like looking um, at your list again. I'm surprised that there's no, you know, Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards. So, like, no Tarantino made your top 10. I Kill Bill was really tough. That one, I really wanted it to be in there. But as I was looking at my actual top 10, I just, you know, didn't quite make it. And also, Um, no no Lord of the Rings. I don't like Lord of the Rings that much. Really? I don't. Yeah. Was that not not, a thing when we were kids? Did you not like the movies when we were kids? I guess I don't remember. I thought, like, everybody... I thought everyone always liked them, and I was, like, one of the only few that never saw them at that point. Yeah. I, I liked them as kids, for sure. I But I didn't know. I didn't understand them. You know, yeah. Like watch the big fights, but I didn't understand the politics of what's going on behind the scene. You know, 
Now and, that he understands him, he doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, now that I just rewatched. I, I watched the the first two and and uh, so maybe maybe I like Return of the King a lot more. Like that is my favorite one of the three is Return of the King. Um, but it's I don't know. I I kind of as beautiful as they are and all that. I kind of wish. I wish they were shorter. And yeah. I wish there were. Um, like I wish we had like six movies and they were two hours long instead of three movies that are three hours long, you know? Yeah. Like, I want I like, and that's weird too because I also don't really like the Hobbit movies at all. Um, but I like the Lord of the Rings stuff. They're just really, they are really long and, and, uh, I think you could cut a significant amount of time out of them and they'd still be as good, you know? They'd want you, they'd leave you wanting more and I feel like they're, so satisfying that I don't want to rewatch them again anytime soon. Yeah. Well, Except- and I think we could do like an episode on them. Which I mean, on like the Peter Jackson series uh, of movies that he did of that Lord of the Rings world. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I had them in my honorable mentions um, as just like the Lord of the Rings and, even though I know I do consider them all individual movies, but like, yeah, they're probably even with the two thousands, like, I don't even know if they'd really make the honorable mentions. I do like them. I do like going back to them, but I don't have that same rewatching value for them that a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, I think I could rewatch more than the other two, but that's because I've seen the first two way too many times, especially the first one. Like I despise the first one because I've seen it. Anytime you're with a group of friends and you're like, oh, let's watch Lord of the Rings. You're like, okay, cool. And they're like, we gotta watch the first one. And you're like, okay, like, I guess, you know. And so I've just seen it 10,000 times and I haven't seen the good ones enough, which are the later <laughs> ones. So. It's like the origin story, like Spider-Man or whatever. Like, you've seen it so many times. Yeah. I'm adding up everyone's points right now. Just to see, okay. So I added them to the point totals as well. Um, so for this episode, um, I'll just go in order of who got less points. Uh, I got six points. Hunter got ten. Zach got eleven. Chloe got thirteen. <laughs> Way to be spot on with uh, my picks and Zach's picks. Yeah. Um, you got all of Justin's and all of Zach's. Yeah. yeah. I got all of Justin's within his top five, and two of Zach's three were in his top five. Um, so I added these to the total points for the entire year. So this is the final. This is it. Um. So, it ends with, because I got friggin' six points, um, I am the loser, I got 30 points the whole year, um, Chloe and Zach, you tie for 35, you both got 35 each, Hunter leads with 38 points, you did it, buddy! <laughs> cool. <laughs> hey, that's the only so... <laughs> Break. Break. No, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to give you the golden trophy now so th- that it can be passed along somewhere else uh, like it was originally intended for. And whenever movie theaters open up again, we should you should do like a large version of the uh, blockbuster... Um, what was it originally called? The... The summer blockbuster contest? Yeah, something. something like that. <laughs> but we should... It's not going to happen this year unless we want to start counting streaming numbers, which they do not release anyway. I guess we could go week by week and count which movies will be number one on Netflix's list, which includes yeah. old movies, but nah, that would be insane. Um, yeah. But yeah, like definitely 2022 will hopefully be the year. I don't... 2021 ain't going to happen. Um but yeah, good job, man. We got to restart the counting of the points now. And uh, I'm sure if any of our diligent listeners go back to see all of my tallies, I'm sure I screwed up at some point. And I don't know, Zach <laughs> probably is the actual winner. Maybe Chloe is. <laughs> Chloe, my, my Chloe's the winner. She gave me a look. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll definitely pass that trophy along. Uh, I don't think it's worth doing a last movie on Earth because I'm about to fall asleep. It's 10.30, yeah, I just realized. You gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we got normal lives beyond this, and Hunter doesn't have COVID work time off anymore. No, I've been back to her for a couple weeks now. Sucky, sucky. The freezing cold that it's been. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who, who wants a garage in this temperature? No, that's the thing. All of our building crews haven't been at work, but they need me to be there because I'm the guy who unloads trucks. And so, like, I'm, like, the only guy, and it's 20 below for two weeks straight. Yeah. It's so, so annoying. But, uh, um, heads up. I don't suppose I'll wait till the episode's over. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'll end it here. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. We look forward to the 2010s episode. and uh, But that will be in the future. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And remember... Always beware the cinema swamp. Thanks for listening to this episode. So what do you think of some of our choices? Is there anything you disagreed with? Anything that you wish we would have added? Is there any underrated gems that you consider the best from the decade of the 2000s? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp. <laughs>